All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have Pawning Nails, episode three, and my name is Daniel. I am your co-host, and with me today, as always, my very talented producer, Jamie. Hello. And uh, the star of the show, Lenny Dykstra. Lenny, say hello. Hey, hey, I don't know about a star, but just... Uh, you are to be always here. the star. Or as always. Will Camboyd, sugar, call it. he called you sugar. <laughs> and sure. with us today, we have a very, very special guest, and uh, none other than Doc Gooden, Dr. K., Afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a, it's a really big honor. You know, uh, this is our third episode, and we've come out with a bang. We've had a lot of guests, and uh, one of the differences about our show is we want to hear your side of the story and your perspective and go into the real-life details of everything that happened as far as our... People read the headlines, they read the stories, they make yep. the judgments, and here they could hear from your mouth uh, exactly what happened. So first, I just want to say thank you so much for the question. How are you feeling today? feeling great. Uh, couldn't feel any better. Uh, health is good. Attitude's good. My All right. Life is great. Very, very good. And look uh, good, too, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Look good. Feel good. Yes. So as everybody, really? well, maybe people know that you and Lenny are actually friends. This is not a uh, fake thing that we brought you on. No, this is real. Me and Lenny, we go way back to our teenage years. We started together in the minor leagues with the Mets. We talked in 82, 83. <laughs> That's yeah. right. If you've been uh, living under a rock uh, for the past 35 <laughs> years, and uh, or maybe somewhere in Tunisia, and you don't know about the story of uh, these two gentlemen, take out your phone and go to Wikipedia and read it. Because we're not going to go into that, but we are going to go a little bit into that. We are. We are going to go into it a little bit. But yeah. I just I just wanted to say, you know, the first thing every single fan is going to listen to, we have a very large New Jersey fan base. A lot of people have been following the controversy of everything that's going on in the headlines. You know, there's no reason to skate around it. You're in a little bit of a hot waters. Tell us what's going on right now. Tell us about your perspective. I mean, a lot of people kind of are are kind of surprised that, you know, you're in good health and everything. Tell us what's really going on. They're, in surpri- they're surprised I'm in good health? Well, I mean, you read a lot of the headlines. Well, yeah, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I mean, just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, I well, yeah, the know. headlines, if you read all the headlines. Well, this is why this is your voice. This is tell us exactly Definitely. what's going on. And, uh, yeah, you know. things are great. Obviously, um, I had a setback in July. I uh, got pulled over twice. Right. Uh, I got in trouble. I actually had a relapse. I can't get too much into the case because it's an open case. Yeah, it's an open case, of but, course. But uh, the thing was, when I got treatment, uh, this time I went to a mental health program. Because I feel Excellent. if I take care of the mental part, the drug part doesn't happen or the drinking part doesn't happen. Excellent. Um, I had to get honest with myself, which is the most important thing. Uh, for two months, I was actually lost. And what I mean by lost was I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my decisions. I was just in a bad place. A lot of things were going on inside of me until I found my soul. And the thing about drugs and alcohol, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, rich, poor. It doesn't matter. It would take you, your family, or anyone, your loved ones. And... Everyone suffered from that. So until I got myself right, I wasn't in a situation to be there for my family or be there for anyone. So I had to put the ego aside, put everything aside, and not worry about so much the media uh, because obviously headline sales. But I had to put all that stuff aside and really just work on myself. Um, July 23rd is my sober date. I'll be at five months almost. Oh, excellent. And Amazing. It's been great. And I feel yes. great. It's the best I've felt in a long, long time. feel good. It's always good to see my yeah. friend Lenny. It's, um, it's, but, it's, but see, the one thing I want to talk about is like, when you were 19 years old, you broke into the biggest and most powerful city in the world in sports, and that's New York. And so, so much came to you so fast. I mean, you were the rookie of the year. You won Cy Young. You were basically like God in New York. Like anything you wanted, everybody was trying to be a party. They wanted a piece of you. So, so talk about like what it was like when you were king of the world. I mean, literally. Well, coming to New York, uh, being from Tampa, and first of all, I'm not justifying anything. Uh, coming to New York at 19, I was a year and a half out of high school. 
had great parents, up, great upbringing. My parents had third grade education. They're from a small town called Albany, Georgia. So they basically, you know, pick cotton and stuff like that. But, How many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, five. Three brothers and two sisters. Where did you Where did you fit into that? I'm the baby. I was the You're youngest by 13 years. So I was. Oh, wow. Even very small. So your parents were you. probably exhausted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Because I'm, I'm listening to the story. You know, you said uh, upbringing, lower education. So they worked oh, their asses cool. off. I was lucky. You know, somebody me. who I makes very it. Very hard parents. Yeah, so they Definitely. probably worked their ass off. So probably by the Definitely. time your yeah. ass <laughs> came about and you fucking thrown 100 miles an hour and sure. fucking wants to eat the world, I would be exhausted well, too. I was lucky oh, enough to meet. I was lucky enough to meet your mother. Think about it. You know, I was lucky enough to meet your mother. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Great woman, man. Thank you. Yeah. So you're you're the baby of five growing up in Tampa. What was like growing up, what kind of household did you grow up? Grew up in a great household. Uh, my family is very loving. Um, we didn't have, middle class, rich, poor. Uh, I'll say between poor and middle. What did you do? What did you do? We had, you know, we had love in the house. That was the most uh, important thing. That's awesome. Great upbringing, hardworking parents. My mom worked two jobs, and then um, the thing about my mom, unfortunately, I lost her two years ago, but. She took care of the house. My dad got sick. He was on dialysis for 15 years. My dad, too. And her mom was sick. Her mom was alcoholic as well. So my mom had not only take care, raise me, but then take care of two adults and didn't work two jobs. So my mom was very, very hardworking. Um, two years ago, before she passed away, she had a heart attack. And then to watch my mom basically deteriorate for two years, that was very, very hard for me. That's when I went through a massive depression. Oh. Like right now, I'm 260. I need to drop about 30 pounds. But <laughs> I, had got, great. I had got down to 178 at that time. Basically, wow. my, I guess, really I started two years ago before I actually picked up the drug. And what I mean by that is just totally depressed. Uh, wasn't spending time with my kids. Wasn't taking care of myself. Wasn't eating right. Wasn't working out right. None of that stuff was happening. So um, things started two years ago for myself before it actually happened. Unfortunately... When the cops actually pulled me over, when that happened, I actually thanked the cops for kind of intervening because I could have killed myself or killed someone at that time, yeah. being totally out of it. So, what I'm you trying to intervene, you mean? Yeah, to intervene yeah, yeah. at that time. So I, I needed that um, at that time. But I guess to get back to your point, what Lenny was saying, I know I'm jumping over places. No, it's okay. Come, this, is come, your, this is your show today. <laughs> yeah, we we, we, we but, need to hear from you. This yeah, is not definitely. Don't worry so, about so it. Coming, Speaking of the show, I said when he's 18 years old, I said, Doc, you're going to the show next year because in, in A ball, this man struck out 300 hitters in 150 innings. You crazy. can't do that in literally. Well, well, hold on a second. So you're you're 18, going well, on 19. 18, man, Lenny played together in A ball. And jacket off. Yeah, yeah. The thing about it in. Uh, Man, Lenny played together in Lynchburg. He was for Virginia, the, the yeah. player of the year, and I was pitcher of the year. And actually, Lenny says, dude, you're going to the show next year. And, you know, I'm a year and a half of life. I'm like, the show? What's the show? <laughs> he said, what's you the show? <laughs> was not show. That's the main so who, way, who so. came up first, Doc or Lenny? Oh, Which no. one of you? I, I came up in, like, well, 83, the year we won, we won over 100 games. Like I say, he was the player of the year. I was the pitcher dude, of the year. He won the next year, the and big then, uh, This is in minors. You minors. guys won 100 games. He in there. minors, do you play the same 162? No, no, you probably play about what? 120, 130. But so, Dan, you have to understand, yeah. going from A-ball to the major league. So you didn't go to double or triple? You he went just from blew a right by. A, yes. <laughs> what That's about you? Crazy. Did you go to No, I mean, a? I went to double A. Oh, you did the, you did yeah, the round. Yeah, but I got right. through pretty quick, but no one does what he did. <laughs> You're not actually talented. Well, no. <laughs> dude, not only <laughs> you, you just fucking and, and annoyed by, your way. Dude, this right. By triple A, by triple A, they're like, Lenny, get the fuck out of here. Right, dude. Let me tell you something. This guy's talented. Dude, watching him pitch from center field, watching him throw his fastball, and he, Doc was, he was a fastball and a hook. He threw it, we called it a nose to toes hook. I mean, it started your nose and ended your toes. And these hitters literally did not want to face him, dude. He took that right to the big leagues when he was 19 and dominated. I mean, the year he had in, 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 in 1984 at a nine, as 19 years old, 
is just crazy. What but you I, did. I love, I just, I love the fact. Well, let, let's get back to it. So you're you're 18 and 19 years old. You get thrown onto the largest stage. I mean, there was a point where I know that the significance will only matter to Lenny and you, where you were the face of Madison Square Garden for 10 years. They kept you on there, and a lot of that, a lot of that comes with with massive pressure. So tell us about what that is like, and that's where Lenny is really trying to get into. Right. The thing was coming to New York. Um, like I said, a year and a half of high school after playing one four year in the minor leagues with Lenny in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, cup of coffee in AAA. But then, by then, when you get called up to the majors, it ain't like now where each team has a team psychologist where they kind of guide you or hold your hand on the road. You know, they spend time with you. Uh, you have real estate agents that the yeah, team has yeah, yeah, yeah. that find you a place. Right. Uh, during our time in 84, when I came up, you're basically on your own. We opened the season in Cincinnati, went to Houston. Then when we came back to New York, just said, okay, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Luckily, I had a guy, um, Ed Lynch, said, you know, you come stay with me tonight. Ed Lynch. <laughs> Who's that? Who was that? Ed Lynch was a former pitcher with the Mets as well. Oh, he's he was an older the, guy. Yeah, he was the general manager for the Cubs a couple of years. And then he was this fine. past year, he was with the Long Island Ducks as a pitching coach. But at the time in 84, he was a relief pitcher on our team. Hit a lot of barrels. And he took, his under, took him under his wing. And the thing was, being 19 years old, coming from Tampa, Florida, totally different than New York. Um, stayed in Long Island. Uh, Port watching at a one-bedroom apartment. Burt Brodsky. <laughs> Burt Brodsky, that's right. Wait, and Burt so, Brodsky was involved? Did yeah. Burt Brodsky got Yeah. He was a guy. Doc, you don't understand how much Lenny loves Burt. Burt's a great guy. That's so funny. And for everyone yeah. that doesn't know about this, Burt probably doesn't even want me to say, but he's a super fan. All the Mets he helped. Yeah. Burt's so a great this guy, guy th- th- this gentleman who I've never met before, but basically he, there's so many countless stories about him coming to the rescue. He was a younger guy. He was probably in his mid-30s at the time. No, no. He was in his 40s, 50s. But he was already older, older than that. Older guy. So right now, you're coming up, and you're staying with Bert. You're staying with... No, no, no. no, no. I'm sta- not Bert got it in place. He helped me find a place. Al Lynch took me uh, on his wings the first night. I stayed with Al Lynch. The next day, he introduced me to Bert. Was this the first day of the place. season, or when was no, this? No, no, no. We opened the season in Cincinnati, and from Cincinnati, went to Houston. From Houston, we came back to New York, so we had like, and you had no place to stay. No, because like oh this, my god, like now <laughs> you have the real estate agents who yeah, help yeah. find your place, like say spring training before you break camp. Yeah, they already have that in place. Yeah, like then in the eighties, you own your own. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, so we all live in Port Washington. Yeah, so what were you, you're getting a hundred thousand dollar league minimum contract. No, no, eighty two, no? sixty, sixty thousand. Nah, actually, was uh, sixty, right? Yeah, sixty thousand. Sixty thousand dollars. Half a million dollars. So, so you don't even have a place to stay. You're Nineteen years old, you have no place to stay. Well, yeah, throw place. you right up. Yeah, you throw you right it's up. Wild. It's wild. Good luck. And good you, luck, at this time, <laughs> you have no formal education, right? Because you've just been throwing a white baseball. Just came from high school. I mean, yeah. I graduated from high school, but I didn't go to college, obviously. But in high school, you were probably like a god, where nobody cared if you showed up to class because of your athletics. <laughs> well, you showed up to class. Well, no, no. <laughs> I showed up to class. My mom I mean, was very strict and very. He threw so hard. What was your mother's name? Ella. Ella. It's nice he to threw so hard in high players. school, he broke the catcher's hand. Is this, this is a true story? True story. Oh, wow. Yes. Lenny, how the fuck do you remember this? Because what do you mean? This is my man. I know, but I mean, like, you'd <laughs> think that between 1984 until 2019. You didn't, um, dude, you didn't get to, like, the pleasure of standing behind him and watching him pitch. Plus, I knew I was going to get out of there in two hours so I could take care of my, you know, business, you know. So... Doc Lenny, Hel- Lenny has needs. Lenny has way. needs. Oh, Lenny has needs. We had a great time in A-ball, for real. Yeah. So, awesome. so you're 19 years old, and you have no place to stay. So you have no place to stay. Ed Lynch, like I say, took me on his wing the first night. So I stayed with Eddie. The next day, he introduced me to Burt, um, who we're talking about. Yeah, Burt Bros. He found me a place in Port Washington, Ralph and Herbert Avenue. Had a one-bedroom apartment. It was a basement apartment, no windows. What? <laughs> 
caught my right away was uh, it was twenty five hundred a month, none furnished. And my sister had just bought a house in Tampa. What the fuck is he? So twenty five hundred in the eighties? What's in the 80s. wrong? In a basement with no he windows. Brought, I bet you he owned no the building. Windows. Did he own the building? <laughs> he's still gouging us. Did he own the yeah. building? <laughs> he's still gouging. Oh my god! The thing that caught my eye was I'm paying twenty five hundred for this. I'm making sixty plus. You know, after tax, you only getting half of that. Yeah. And my sister had just built a house in Tampa, four bedroom, and she was paying fifteen hundred. <laughs> so I couldn't, you know, couldn't fathom the two. Oh no! But so. I, that, There's that, a reason why Burt Ross is worth $4 billion. Okay, right? hold on a second. Well, I want to I hear <laughs> so, so that's, that's that was the starting point. And so um, you go right to the ballpark. And then the thing was, <laughs> and then the funny story was, I forgot this part. Charlie Samuels, our equipment manager, who later <laughs> on I was in his wedding. But when I first made the team, I wanted number 16. But he had number 35 with good on the back already hanging up in my locker. So I asked Charlie, I want 16. He goes, no, kid, just be happy you made the team. Just get out there on the field. So, really? so yeah, Frank Cashin, who was the general funny. manager, he had already told me that. Frank Cashin, who was the general manager, he had already told me, he goes, do you have any problems with anybody? Just let me know. So I said, Frank, I want number 16. Charlie said, I can't have it. I don't understand. So Frank said, Charlie, give Doc number 16. But, it, but the story behind that was Lee Mazzilli was Charlie's best friend. Lee Mazzilli was a Met before I got there in the early 80s. And he wore 16. So Charlie, even though number one retired, but Charlie wouldn't give the number out. Now... So every day we would work out, Charlie would take my wet stuff, my dirty stuff for batting practice, throw it in a, I would throw it in the basket, Charlie would take it out, hang it up. He wouldn't wash my stuff. So now I go in to have success and then the all star break, I make the all star team over here. Now <laughs> you, made, you sound like you, you it sounds like you know, like, like oh I got I got I got a promotion. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's not amazing. a big deal. You know, I'm living in Burt Brodsky's basement I mean, apartment, I'm right. going to work and then all of a sudden I mean, whoops, I made the all star team. So, just so, like, so I'm saying I'll make the all star team well, with Charlie Samuels. Now all of a sudden I'm okay. I'm deserving of 16, I guess. So now yeah. I'm Charlie become oh, you good came friends. And, you, you told and then I went. I'm in his wedding, and then that, oh, that was nice. the start of how things started to change for me. Now you're not the high school kid, you know, playing a ball and making a team. Now you're expected to pitch well. Um, the other pitchers, you know, we got 25 year old guys, 30 year old guys. They always said if these guys win 15 games, get and win 20, we'll be fine. So anything less than 20, the way they looked at me was a failure. Which <laughs> That's, that's, where a, the, that's where the pressure started. And that's where and the expectations, expectations Yeah, well, he started. had the cult right. following, too. So the outfield, every time he pitched, there would be the big, the fans, would, when he hit a strikeout, oh, they put crazy. a big oh, K nice. up there. Yep. The fans was incredible. Now, now, all the Ks up there. This is, this is, now let it me ask awesome. you, let me, let me take this. Now, when, when was the first time that you got high? The first time I actually got high? Probably yeah. high school with marijuana. With marijuana, right. But, well. you know, I, 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 uh, one of the parts of the show that I really want to uh, talk about is, like, debunking some of the things that sure, are whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the marijuana is not really what I'm talking about here. You know, I well, mean, for what's cocaine, the first what is, time what I is that, when cocaine did you, was in 86. Exactly. Was it, was it, what, did, where, I'm trying to go with this. No. Did the pressure? The quality of the blow was way better then. Yeah, the '80s, right? You had three nostrils. Look, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying well, is, I'm just, I'm just trying to see because Lenny and I, you know, Lenny, you know, he goes deep. This, this is a no, no, deep. Like, I'm talking about, I'm talking about this, this, this conversation in this studio. This is Lenny's project, and what he wanted yeah. to do was really have your side of the story. And one of the things that he told me is like. Doc, not, not so much his side of the story, but what it's like to be. Well, 19, did the pressures? Man. Did the pressures of living in the city, or keep it well, real? Did the, you just were you just young and no guidance? Real. Everything that happened, you know, I, I tell the truth. Is yeah. The way it started with the first time I tried cocaine, I guess that's what you're getting at. Yeah. Okay. Eighty six. Well, lean to the story. Eighty four. There was no expectations until after I make the All Star team. I make the All Star team. And when Cy Young. When the Cy Young. Yeah. So everything at that point, expectation became more. 
then it became expectations for myself as well. Mm-hmm. Not just the media or the team, but I expected to do well. Um, every game I pitched, not to blow smoke up on a horn, but it was sold out. So to me, it was bigger than game at that time. These are facts, Doc. Shows. These are facts. Yeah, so after <laughs> doing that. And so now, and again, not to justify anything, but when the season was over, the way you release that, I would go back to Tampa. Most of the guys that I grew up with or went to school with was either in college or they was working or they was on street corners. Party with And I'm still trying to let these guys know I'm the same guy, even though you're really not the same guy. But you want them to know I'm the same guy that we grew up with. So I was putting myself come, in situations. You come from a uh, predominantly African-American community? A uh, mixed, mixed community. It's a mixed but community. But put it this way, Doc sister, was paying for all the drugs. But my sister grew up in like inner city, like in the projects, and that's why we go hang out because growing up as a kid, that's where all the kids hang out. That's the cool kids, Everything, right? you know, all the entertainment was right there. So when I would go home, I'll put myself in situations that wasn't good. And so now, at that time, I was just smoking marijuana. I go to get marijuana, and my cousin who I was getting marijuana from actually was a pimp. You know, it was in my book. A real pimp. A real pimp. Oh, I thought. And he also was a drug dealer. So this is, this is good. He had good. girls in the house. Um, what a fucking guy. I wish I'd have met him. <laughs> so, 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 so I go to I go to his house and to get marijuana. Yeah. He says, Hold on, I gotta go get it. I don't have any. So it's okay. So he leaves the house. I'm still there and I'm drinking at the time. And so I hear this noise, I hear girls' voices in his other room. So I go to the room, there's two girls in the room, they're doing cocaine. And they said, hey, you want to join us? Meaning join them in the bed. So I said, sure. I said, well, you got to do this. What are you saying, no? And well, you're Doc Gooding. You're like, what, 20 years old at the time? At that time, I had just turned 21. 21, already like multiple all-star games, you know? Right. Uh, so the way to join us goes, they said, here, here's, you got to do this for this. To join us. So I said, no, I'm not doing that. But the more I was drinking, the more it was getting tempting to do it. Yeah, of course. Um, dance with the white lady. There you go. <laughs> so unfortunately, when I first tried it, the first time I said, I'll just try it. I thought that was the way I was supposed to feel, that the feeling I had been looking for my whole life because growing up, I was very shy, very quiet, wasn't outgoing, just real laid back. First time I did that, unfortunately, was the worst thing that could possibly happen. But at the time, I thought the best thing that possibly happened, you know what I mean? Because the way it made me feel was like the way I had always wanted to feel. So obviously, joining the girls and doing the coke and not knowing it, but I actually became addicted to it at that time. That's right away. It basically started. Help you check out. Help you check out you, all the all what's the, funny. Yeah, get rid of all the pressure, yeah, all the expectations. You was this everything, and you felt like you was as crazy. It may sound like you was entitled to that because you felt that you wouldn't hurt anybody, but you was. Eventually, you started hurting your kids, everyone who love you, your fans, and all that. But at the time, you just felt like this was my escape. What's it's, it's you're addicted. a very. I mean, look, don't take it the wrong way, but you're a soft spoken guy. You're 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 not. Well, you're not like a loud, over-the-top, overbearing guy. He's got a heart of gold. And I could totally see how doing taking a little bit of that will help with the courage that's necessary to continue every day. But you touched up on something that's very interesting earlier part of the interview. You said that you your mother battled your uh, your your mother took care of your grandmother who was battling alcoholism throughout her whole life. Right? Has addiction been a a, a relevant theme in your family life? Do you, do you see uh, the theme, the same pattern that a lot of people that find themselves are coming to? Oh, look back at it now. At the time, like like I said, my you have parents a lot of grew family up in members. Georgia. And at the time I would go to, to Georgia in the 60s and the 70s, you know, in my teen years, drinking was the normal thing back then. I mean, I mean, a lot of drinking, moonshine, mm-hmm. heavy drinking. But as a kid, you look at it, you just felt it was normal. The guys drink, they work, they come home, and that's it. Not thinking it's a problem. Looking at it now, once you get educated because of my problems and what I went through, then I look back and I say, wow, it was a problem there. It just wasn't looked upon then. Like, 
in the 60s and 70s in the black community, or for its, where I grew up, it was no, you know, AA, it was no NA, it was no go to rehab. It was none of that. It was just, you know, be a man about it. You know, yeah. Toughen up. <laughs> or, yeah. die. <laughs> or die. Or yeah, die. That's it, yeah. You know, that's what it was about. Well, what, I mean, you guys, you and Lenny both, the, the common theme be, behind you guys is, obviously you both were met, you both are baseball players. You you both come from adversity, but you're also being judged very differently. Now, some people will say that because of your celebrity status, um, I don't know about you, Lenny, but I think that Doc would be a little bit more prone to this. Now, you're either are. Do you feel that you're not judged on the same standard that an, a man in your age and your description is being charged because of your history? Do you feel that sometimes and fame and well, history and fame? Yeah. Do you feel that sometimes people want to make either an example out of you or give you special treatment, which you don't even ask for, I'm sure, sometimes, because I feel that you're the kind of guy that's kind of like, just treat me regular, just treat me regular. Where do you, how do you feel about that? That's, that's a great question. Um, I can answer it for him. Well, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. Can I just yeah, let him answer? It, it is both. It is. And like, like I would say, you just take, and, and again, not just funny thing, you go to Tampa, my hometown, like I was beat up by the cops in Tampa. Okay, How old were you? 1987. Uh, this 1987. Same, I was just, I just so it's a year after. You'd be high for a year straight, right? Well, it happened in 87, but the actually problem started before 87. It started, it wasn't like a black and white thing. It was an athlete thing. Whether it was the Tampa Buccaneers. Tell me about that. Whether it was, I'm going to get into that. Whether it was the Tampa Buccaneers, whether it was oh. the Mets in spring training or Cardinals in spring training or teams, cops will figure you and then cops will sell something house. They follow you around. What? And unfortunately, this one particular night, I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole thing what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, can you get into some of the details? It was a really long time ago. I don't think well, there's a reason why. There's no reason why you can't tell the details. Well, tell I mean, me what happened. If I get onto the details, it'd be like, I'll be talking for an hour. Well, we've got the time. I really, I really, I think that some of the fans would want to hear how, yeah. like, the Tampa well, police would target well, they, athletes. They target athletes. <laughs> racial okay. Even No, no, no. I mean, he said it's not racial. He said well, it doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so it happened. And no, no line, they went after the African-Americans. Uh, 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 yeah, okay. But yeah. the thing was, the one particular night when they got, we actually just did a charity softball game. And was at the Bennigan's, and there was a cop sitting there. And they said, you know, guys, can you keep the noise down? So I was more like the peacemaker, keep the noise down. So when we got ready to leave there, it was myself, my nephew, Gary Sheffield. Uh, <laughs> this guy, Vance Lovelace, who was number one pick with the Dodgers for a couple of years and traded. And then he worked for the Dodgers in the front office. And so it was like prof- high-profile guys. So we all got electric-type cars. So we all, when we leave, it's just like, um, I guess, East Tampa. Once we turn out, the cops actually... Threw the lights on Sheffield's car, who had a Corvette. He had the big speakers in the bike, so he didn't see the... How old, how old was Gary at the time? Gary at the time, 87. Gary would have been... 12? No, 19. <laughs> 19, really? Because yeah. I, he, I he used to watch 86. Gary Sheffield as a kid and think <laughs> right. he was awesome. So, yeah, so, so Gary, he had a Corv- Corvette. He Gary had a Corvette. The, the cops put the lights on him, so Gary don't see the lights behind him. So then the cop gets behind me. I'm in the middle I'm seeing all stuff going, so he put lights on me. Now, neither mind you that I've been pulled over, I don't know how many times, leading up into that over the course of the years. So at the time when the cop pulls me over, put the lights on me, I pull over. So now Gary and all the other cops, I mean, cars who are with us, all pull over. But at the time the cop pulled me over, his other cop car was shooting in. So he must have already had calls ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cop pulled me over, so he let down the window, so I'm like, he said, let me see the license registration. I said, get my license registration. I said, why'd you pull me over? You put the lights on this car first. He said, just give me license registration and just shut up. It's like words, I'm not making yeah. sense. So I'm getting a license and I'm saying, man, you know, where I, where I made the mistake was, I said, you know, I'm tired of you guys. What color is the cop? Black or white? White, come on. White, come on. Yeah. White guys, just give me the fucking <laughs> yeah. license. Keep so, it real. That's it. Yeah, so. He's a what? Like 21-year-old well, black well, kid well, driving well, a, a $50,000, $100,000 car. Right, well, I made a mistake. I was like, you know, I'm tired of you guys fucking with me. Why you guys keep fucking with me? Yeah. And he said, you know, 
do you want to go to jail? I was like, jail for what? I didn't yeah. do any fucking thing. At the <laughs> time, the cop cars were steady coming in. Were you drinking? Were you drinking that no, night? No, no. This had nothing to do with drinking. So all the cop cars no, were I'm coming just asking, in. I'm just asking no, no, you how dirty you, you were. No, I understand. You know, there's like, how no, confident you were. It had nothing to do with drinking So you were confident. Drugs. You had nothing in the car. There's you nothing, nothing going on. Fucking go no, fuck no. yourself. What are you guys doing to me? Right. right. See, that's what I'm saying. It was like, this had already started. Like, this started in 84. The paper trail where the cops pulled him over and stopped me. 84, right. They've been fucking with you. So now here we are. The beginning of 87, right through the World Series, all the stuff before spring training started, when this incident happened. You just finished the World Series? Just won the World Series. Oh, you're top house. of the world. Everything oh, my God. Top of the fucking world. So, so now, the thing is, the cop, we're, we're having some conversation, heated conversation. I'm in the car. He's out. So finally, he said, get out of the car. You're going to fucking jail. So when I get out of the car, he starts talking. Well, I make the mistake, and I'll admit it. I was wrong. When he went for his cuffs, I grabbed the hand. Once I grabbed the hand, all the cops came in and yeah. started pounding. So... I made a mistake there. So they got me down. When they made the mistake, they get me down, they cuff me, they shackle me and all this stuff. They was hitting with nightsticks, flashlights, punches, chocolate, all this stuff. Now it's white witnesses there. Now all this stuff, you can go in Tampa, all this stuff is on record. Yeah. There's yeah. white witnesses there to witness the whole thing. So this, now all they beat me up and then something said, Plank, you're out. So I plaque I was out or they probably killed me. I plaque them out. They throw me in a police car. Oh, you blacked out? No, I didn't black out. I played oh, play, like I was play, out. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's throw, the best move. So they throw me in the car. They take me maybe... Five blocks to this dog track in Tampa, off of Nebraska and the Florida Avenue. <laughs> they take me there. I lost so they, much money there. They, they, they pull over. So they, that's where they had a paramedics meet me. Paramedics meet me there. They take me to the hospital. But when the paramedics come, they put two black cops in the paramedics. They take me to the hospital. So when they get to the hospital, two it's like there's two black guys in there. With the... Right. So now when we go to court, it's I had the... a great attorney. The attorney brings out and make the black cops admit that they weren't there. They didn't see anything. They got the paramedics there and then it was the witnesses. So we ended up suing them for $3 million and one. But the damage Whoa. in the headlines was Doc Gooden, you know, altercation with cops. It wasn't yeah, yeah. the whole story. But you actually ended up winning the lawsuit. Won the lawsuit. So, wow. Holy shit. You know, did, Jamie, now, did you know about this? Now then, here, here goes the heavy part. This way it gets real messy. So. This is unbelievable. That was 87. Now you fast forward to 2010. I'm living in Maryland at the time. 23 years. Yes. My mom uh, and all the cars at the time was in your, my name. Your son is in Maryland, right? There was something about Yeah, I have a, a son and a daughter yeah, in Maryland. Yeah, he was an athlete. Yes. So I'm living in Maryland at the time. My mom goes to pick up my grandson. And what the neighborhood that he lives in, kind of like inner city. So but all the cars- In are, Florida. In Florida. This is all okay. Tampa. This is all, and this is your mom. Right. She goes to pick up your her grandson, your son, right? My grandson. Your grandson. I'm my, sorry. My your mom's great-grandson. Great-grandson. There it is. Right. Trying to put so the cops and all the cars, are, my mom's cars are in my name. They pull. They see the tag. They pull over. My mom at the time, I don't know, 2010. So I don't know. We'll just say years ago, 60, 70, whatever. Yeah, 70 pull, years they old. Pull her out the car. Pull her out the car. My grandson is freaking out. So now, how old's your grandson at the time? At the time, probably two years old, two, three years old. They pull my mom out the car on the ground. What this? Right? Then they figure out what's going on. They see it's my mom. It's not me or whatever, oh. which they should know already. Pulled out. What did so, they think you were? You in a wig? What the, the fuck are they thinking? The truth was. They had just that truck had just fit the description. It's white Escalade. You know how many white Escalades in yeah. 2010 in Tampa? Yeah. Fits the description of a car that just robbed the bank. What? So the, the chief of police is calling my house all the time, you know, make sure that everything's okay. So I don't find this out till later, which I'm glad I did. Not saying, you know, stuff would happen, but I would have filed something with current affairs. Something should have happened. Yeah. But my mom, when I talked to her about it, she said, well, I didn't want them to bother you or something happened. I said, mom, they already, you know, I'm already marked there. Yeah. So I guess 
But that happened, and then my mom started having problems with her heart. Eventually, heart attack. Eventually, passed but away. But you, you think you think that incident, you think that twenty-three year different incidents is somewhat related, or do you think it's oh, just another no, just no. example of how horrible that police department it's, is? One hundred percent related because the car is in my name. I mean, oh, once you, you pull the car over. But was there any incidences in between the twenty-three years between that police? Department? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's a constant thing. Me over. Yeah, have you ever pulled me over with a situation where, you know, in New York you have. The, uh, what you call it, the registration's in the windshield. Right, of right? course. On the driver's side windshield. Okay, you got two tags. In Florida, you have one tag, and the sticker's on the tag in the back. Yeah, in the back. So a situation where I was driving, the car would be on the passenger side, but park, and they would, would like someone put me over, but I always pull in a lighted area. You know, so can I see, you know, license registration? So I give it to them, but I always look at the badge. So it's okay, I've got the badge number. So I give it to my attorney, so what's going on? Well, we pull them over because it's, Tag that spot. There's no way you saw the registration in the windshield and you're on this side at nighttime. So I guess to answer your question about the fame and all that stuff plays a part, I think it can go both ways. But I only had a problem with officers in Florida. Never in New York. Your hometown. Never we were here. I, I, in Tampa. I, I, always I do, Tampa. That story, it's so funny. That story is such a two-way story because you got into this shit because of who you are and because of their animosity towards you. But I also think that some of the factors that played positively for you where you went to court and you had to show it is because you are who you are. The kind of attorney, I mean, not many young and black Tampa? male. No, I was, I was the, the victim. No, no, exactly. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, think about how many black no, men are the victim, no. but oh. they don't have the resources. Like right. when you go to oh, an attorney yeah. and be like, what the fuck? I'm oh. Doc Gooden. That works. But if you're like some kid that gets arrested and the only thing people know about you is your criminal history, they're going to be like, listen, it's fifteen thousand for a retainer, and if we go to trial, it's going to be another fifteen thousand. Right. What he's saying uh, is that uh, your sure your fame, you were able to expose. Yeah, them. like you could because expose of your them, power, you expose what so they it's really like were. The same, right. It's like the same thing well, as yeah. same thing as you know we we tie well, it back to the micro incidences that happened in the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes down to getting a diversionary program or treating this issue the way it is, which is an addiction right. and it's a disease. It's a yeah. disease. It doesn't matter how people slice it. It's a disease. There's no reason for you to want to hurt yourself. That only happens when your mental state is not right. So that is something that some some of the regular public will be access to, whereas you will – I could see politicians be like, you know what? He's had lots of chances. Right. He's had so many chances. This guy thinks he's better, and that's where fame goes. And that's what happened with Lenny. I think Lenny got well, Lenny is like the poster the, child. Like you of, said, though, with the fame and all that stuff, he say he has so many chances. But the thing, my problem was once I got comfortable in my recovery, and I stopped taking my medication for depression and all this stuff. I stopped going to my AA NA meetings. I stopped going to my psychiatrist. I was setting myself up. Eventually, it was going to relapse. It was going to happen. That was my problem. Uh, Mental health. But for to say having the disease. I'm not responsible for disease. I'm responsible for my recovery. I get that. And so many chances, like myself, I've done, I brought so much pain, not only to myself, but to my family, my kids. But, you're, like, but you well, recognize all this. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah like you recognize the, recognize the difference. It. But the you difference. recognize it. But if you're not being treated for it, like say, for instance, yeah. if you have cancer, you get chemo, right? Right. Okay, so if you have a the disease of drug and alcohol, they say how, uh, the closest is people placing things. If you don't change those things, what's going to happen? You're going to go back, and if you don't take your medicine, meaning, changing your, your behavior, changing lifestyle, eventually you will die because you're going to go back to the drugs. And nobody wants to do that. You think, like myself, and again, I'm not justifying, missing no, my kids' birthday parties, missing my kids' games, yeah. getting suspended for a season in baseball, you know, and not to glorify, but costing me $5 million. 
All this stuff. Not, it's a you fucking shitload of money. It's a real deal. So no, just just, no, what I'm saying, all this stuff is happening. And again, I'm not justifying anything. I and you're like, full, fuck it, I'd rather get high. I take full responsibility. Yeah. But here's the but reason why Doc is still, is still relevant. Doc is still, the Yankees have him there every day they can. The Mets want him there every day they can to make appearances with the fans. Because Doc was humble. See, I can't, humble, yeah. I can't even get back in a fucking stadium. No, that, they won't let me say, back in a I think, fucking stadium. I think some of the state, yeah. I think some of the, I think some of the fans. You know, let, let's change the subject a little bit, a little bit on a lighter note. I think. But that, I'm, I'm we'll, serious, we'll like, Doc. But that is a very funny. That's a very funny thing you say. That like, I could totally see that. Like, let's say that I was the decision maker. I'm sitting and looking at the both of you. <laughs> Doc comes in. He's just like, Yo, brother, what's going He's on? Humble. How are you? How have you been? Oh. Let me let, let you get a water. I got nothing. You know, whatever. Lenny is just like, like, I need this. Fuck I need you, fuck you, Jamie. You look. You better fucking way. kill me. You fuck you. You know what? I'd, I'd be like, uh, yeah. Could we yeah. do like a Skype interview with this guy or yeah, something like that? Yeah, fans. Yeah, because you're not, you know what it is, Lenny? You're not a digestible oh, product. You know, well, you what, go into. With Philly, though, it's different because I, I fucked the owner's daughter. Who is the owner? Uh, I don't know you want to know. Why do you have the church public? I mean, we do want to know. Who's the owner? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Too many. You don't know. But see, see, so that was kind of a problem because I. But Lenny, why wouldn't you? Why don't you? Why wouldn't you take a page out of Doc's book? Eat a little bit of humble pie. No, I do. I am humble. Be a professional. And people will fucking. No, no, no. There's a lot of other. You know, they. But but the bottom there's line is yeah yeah and there's a lot of owners there's a lot of daughters but, and only but, one lady's yeah, right? penis <laughs> but, so, but, but whatever see, happened but, happened and uh, but, but see but Doc though because Doc is so Letty so doesn't well, kiss and tell he just starts so, a podcast but Doc is so well liked because everyone knows Doc is is a humble is is a is 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 a great person right. meaning, so you're on you're on a, you're on the, your and, your road to recovery and what are what are what are some of the so what are some of the things so what, so what are some of the interesting things that you do as part of your daily routine do you jog do you of course not <laughs> do you do you do anything <laughs> You got a Schwinn? Yes. Oh, just like a bike outside? It's just a regular bike. I ride the bike. Come on, dude. You wear a I'm helmet? I'm not the type that can sit on. You wear a helmet? You wear a helmet? You know what's funny about the helmet? Like, my driving was so bad. My daughter is nine years old. Every time she rides me, she goes, Dad, let me get my helmet. In a car? In a car. She yeah, says that. Because kids hear rumors and they think the worst. You know, oh. like, the only thing Doc doesn't do. Now on social media, they pay attention to everything. The only thing Doc doesn't do is climb a rope. He doesn't climb a rope when someone throws it over a fence. No. When I throw it over the fence, it gets you out of. Uh, uh, Doctor uh, Drew. That's right. Lady tried to get wait, me wait, out. Wait, that's a whole second. Let's not get that's into that. That's a great whole, story. Please, dude. please, let's not get into this for a second. No. But I just let, let's finish up on the kids thing. But like the uh, kid thing was like kids. Um, they take take like bad things that adults do, kids, and they take it extreme. Like one time, my son saw me like with a cigarette, and I smoke every once in a while. I'm not like one of those guys that stinks. But like the younger one who's really on point, and every fucking time I come inside, it's like, what were you doing? Oh, they know kids. He goes, Daddy, smart. what? what no, were, kids know He's three years old. What were you doing? So your daughter, you know, like, you know, 30 years of driving fine, one headlight, one headline, and your kid wears a fucking helmet she's for 25 on, years. She's already on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's she's funny. It's funny. But like, you got to love kids. I mean, oh. that's that's kind of like I, in the story. That sounds like well, that's one kids, of the things. kids in my heart. And you know, what's funny because last time I went down, I was so like down on myself. And my kids would really help get me out of that because. How many kids do you have? Uh, seven. Seven Ooh, kids. God bless but, you. But. I always say this and she always get bad. I always say it was, it was only two, it's from two wives. And I say that because most black guys, they yeah. say seven kids, it's six seven, baby mamas. Yeah. So. And one of them was really <laughs> so, mean. One of them was really I mean. Somebody, I know yeah, somebody yeah, has yeah. nine. So, so that's why I always clear that up. 
Yeah, I have seven kids. But I was married twice. Two mothers. Doc was my second room. He, my, he let me live with him. He, my, my, we he, had, broke uh, my bed. he broke my bed at my house. Yeah. <laughs> That's I funny. Thought, it's three in the morning. I thought there was a fight going in there. My girlfriend was like, I think they're fighting in there. I went and knocked it on Lenny. Lenny, you all right? He comes sweating his shirt off. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm good. I haven't seen her in a while. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Lenny called me yesterday. I called him yesterday. He's like panting. <sighs> what? <sighs> yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. You were going in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're looking, pretending like he didn't. that didn't happen. Yeah, Why he, are you he, calling he, Dan in the middle no, of it? No, no, no. I call, that's yeah, not what happened. Me. I called him. <laughs> but Lenny loves, like, you know how they say, like, drug addicts, it's not really about the drugs, it's about the experience. Lenny doesn't like to ejaculate. He loves the, the talking about kill, it. It's the talk. Bro. It's the thrill. The it's about people no. listening. Like, if you if you could give Lenny, like, a glass room to fucking in a hotel, he would take it so everyone could see no, his proudness as a man. No, no, it's not even fucking. You know? I just want these words. Well, it's I just want these words. I can't believe I'm doing this. He's so humble. So you know the uh, the best part the best part about that story of you and Lenny is that I can totally see the two of you being boys. I mean, there was no Xbox, oh, but I could no. see you guys like farting on the couch and be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, like, man, that's what we have fun, man. You had a really good time. Oh, no, Lynn's a good man, man. So yeah. do you guys? And the did you thing hear? is great. Like you might see the, the media saying stuff, but the fans know his heart. I know yeah. Lenny Hart. He's a good man. What do you uh, think about these? Uh, what do you think about the? What do you think about these things in the Ron Darling book about Lenny being a racist? That was crazy. I couldn't believe that. And Ronnie, I've never seen that part of Ronnie, and I don't know where it came from or why he would do that. But that definitely is not. Lenny. I can tell you I what it, it called. It's called college kids funds. Playing, when you have kids in college, you will do crazy shit to pay their m bills. And I'm pretty sure yeah. that Ron Darling has like kids in college, so he's making up lies. Well, it's ego. It's ego. So tell, me, tell me what you think. Sorry. It's all bullshit. And I felt bad about it. I felt bad for Lenny because, and I felt insulted because we played together since he was 18 years old. I know Lenny. He lived with me for several years. And our kids played together. I know his family. And that's definitely the kind of guy that well, he is. I mean, has anyone, has anyone, close. has anyone come, all, all, I mean, all joking aside, has anyone ever come, no, forget about the lawsuits, forget about the agents, forget about the thing. Has anyone come to Ron Darling and be like, dude, are you serious? I haven't seen him. Of course they have. I haven't seen him in more. Has anyone, I mean, you, you don't think anyone's come to him? No, and said, I mean, Darling said he had, he had text messages from Mets that, that would back him. Not one Lenny, if, if Ron Darling I mean, uh, called up and like apologized, would you accept his apology? No, no, because he he went over a line that's so far crazy. I mean, like what he said I did was so insane. First of all, I'm 23 years old. The guy's got nine pitches to warm up with. I mean, like he said I shouted things worse than like Jackie. Ro it was actually an insult to Jackie Robinson is what it was. But but darling, again, the, the, what he said was impossible because the on deck hitter didn't hear it. I mean, to yell that loud, and Darling's the only one. I remember what I remembered. Well, I remember what I remember. There's a great lawsuit going on, and I'm going to bust him all up real well, good. What's really funny about that is celebrities right now, you'll see like Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift, and they'll get the token black friend. Like, I look at our black engineer. Do you see that? I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't avoid it. It's like veiled racism. <laughs> but, like, but Lenny actually... W only had black friends at the time. And this was before anyone even accused Lenny of being a racist. So like, one, you say he only had one black friend? No, all, all friends. black friends. Oh, all friends. Oh, like, 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 yeah. If you look at the pictures, of it, he's like Lenny Straw. and oh, yeah, Straw yeah. and Doc and like, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know Mitchell, who else Kevin Mitchell, I, I just Everybody. Wasn't, I wasn't a Mets fan, so a lot of Lenny's Mookie, stories. Even like, yeah. Mookie, even Mookie, man. Yeah. Well, my point is that back then, celebrities didn't consciously do things like that. You were either friends with people or you weren't friends with people. I mean, I play with people that you could say, well, this guy, I'm sure he's at home for the season over. He's not hanging around black guys. Yeah, of course. Or you might see a black guy say, I'm sure at home he's not hanging around. 
a white guy. Yeah, of course. But that don't even fit his personality. That's the, that's what I'm trying to say. That the, you couldn't have picked a worse person. Like I'm just thinking from a business perspective. Right. Let let's think about like the top five controversial white guys. Okay, there's Lenny Dykstra. Um, who else? Anybody else can think of anybody? I'm sure there's some other people. Pete White Rose. Guys? Pete Rose. We're not controversial. No, no, no. Like controversial. Pete Rose. Um, What's well, the rocker? Rocker, the pitcher for the Braves. He oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, Republican. Al Leiter, he's a big Republican. Well, I'm, I'm just saying there's a lot of people who you could have just pointed that he finger at the wrong who dude. didn't have right. like a Rolodex of black guys that will stand up and be like, dude, are you crazy? <laughs> that's, the only, that's why I think it's only funny. And I remember when that came out, it was obviously in the greatest newspaper of all time, the New York Post. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And... Um, I texted Lenny right away. I was like, "What?" That oil cam boy. I couldn't. I didn't even. I didn't know either. We had oil cam boy on our first. Well, yeah, yeah oil I mean, cam's a good man. All yeah. that. Yeah, he was really. He was really great. Oh, he was so. He sweet. was our first he guest. guest. Yeah, Came on, our first guest. Yeah. And he, My point. Well, not to go off on all that stuff, but tell me, this is the story that I've been waiting to. Now we 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 touched up about all these funny things. You've been through a lot of ups and downs and you've been through a lot of rehabs. Do you know off the top of your head how many rehabs you've been to at this point? Top of my head? Not, not off the top of my head. Probably a wild guess, probably six or seven. Six or seven, okay. Yes. And what was the wildest rehab you've ever been to? And uh, tell me how Lenny fits into all this. Oh, the <laughs> wildest one and probably most significant one is probably the celebrity rehab, Pasadena Recovery Center. <laughs> but, with Dr. Drew? With Dr. Drew. So so <laughs> hold on a second. How did Dr. K get on Dr. Was, it, know, a, was you, it an agent? How did, how did this happen? You know what's funny? We still, I still today don't know how that really came down. But the thing I do know, <laughs> you were so out built of it. up. Me, Liddy, and a friend of ours, Ron Goldstein, was having lunch in the city. Liddy was in town, yeah. So I went to meet Liddy. We we're eating, and the New York Post had a picture of, of myself, uh, Amy Fisher, Michael Lohan, and who else? It was somebody else on the back cover saying our next guest. And at the time, that actor, uh, yeah, that actor. I forget who else uh, it was, but at the time, I hadn't heard from Jared anybody. Jackson? Now the actor from he, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. Jeremy Jackson, yeah, from Baywatch. Yeah, that was the guy. So it was all on the back page. At the time, I hadn't heard about nothing about it. I know I did need treatment at the time, but I hadn't heard about anything. And so when Lenny asked me about it, I said, "Dude, don't go. You're gonna brainwash you. Don't do it." Said, Lenny, so you said, "Don't do it." Lenny, so, Lenny was so, anti rehab. Yeah, so I was saying, I said, "Dude, I'm not going on there. I hadn't talked to anybody, and I hadn't at the time. I don't know anything about okay, it." Okay, so this is and this is this is uh, going to be cameras, right? You knew that there was going to be cameras, or no? Well, at the time, I hadn't agreed to anything. We just yeah, we're just having lunch. We're just having lunch. Me, Lenny, but so you didn't know about any of it until the New York Post put your picture in well, there. I saw the post. We was having lunch and was reading the post. Lenny had the paper and we were looking at it. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, so I Doc, you're going Dr. Drew, man? She says, what? So how did they get your name? How did I have that no stuff... idea how that happened. I still don't know today how that came about. Okay, so, so then what now, happened next? So when me and talking about it at lunch, I'm like, no, I'm not going there. That won't happen. A couple of days later, I think Lenny flew back to California. Yeah. Now I'm actually contacted. The guy, Ron Goldstein, who was a good friend of mine, was my agent at the time. He contacted and said, hey, they want you to go on cyber rehab. <laughs> so I said, no, I need the help. He said, okay, this is a show. Then when the camera's not rolling, it's actually rehab. And then and they pay, money, they pay yeah. you to go in there yeah. as well. They actually pay you to do they it. They pay you right? to do it. Yeah, so I said, okay, let's talk to them about it. So we talked to the people, and we talked about it, and said, okay. And then um, I forgot it was a basketball player that was going to go in there, but uh, was it Ryder? Sean something Camp. Ryder. No, Ryder. Something. Uh, I can't remember the name. <laughs> J.R. About- Ryder or something like that. Wait, anyway. J.R. Reed. J.R. Reed. Ryder. It's Ryder. Oh, Ryder. The guy who said the slam dunk contest from Minnesota. Exactly. I know exactly That's it. Now the story's getting good. Yeah. So now. They want him. They didn't want him to go in there. So I said, "Okay, I'll do it." So I fly out to California. I'm on there, and then Lenny's trying to reach me, but he reached Ghosty. He said, "Yeah, Doc's there." So I talked to Lenny on the phone while I'm there. 
Like, Dude, you're there. I'm coming to get you. They're trying to Lenny, bring who, who the get fuck your are bags you? ready. No, no, because I, I, I can tell by Doc's <laughs> voice. What are you, like the poster child that no, we have? No, 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 no. I can tell by Doc's voice. So you voice. called Lenny. Someone yeah, right. Yeah, but see, he's kind of right I, because we, I was kind of confused with Someone right there. You guys I, so. are missing a few details. No, no, first question, no, 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 first question listen, is, listen, how, many, how, how many days were you in before you called Lenny? It's um, a 30-day rehab, right? Second or third day. Yeah, a few days He knew because when I was there, I was kind of confused because I got mixed messages. I was going for basically treatment and a little bit of the show, but then they wanted more show and they kind of tell you what to say. I told them they ain't they, treating you more, right. Uh, it's like a movie counter. Like, what? While you're, it. while you're like detoxing? Yeah, yeah it was bad. Like sweating in the no, corner. But I know by you're like, oh, Doc, we're ready for uh, more makeup. You're like, oh, <laughs> right. motherfucker, see, I, Dan, I'm see, getting off the shit, man. So Dan, you gotta understand something. So I knew his voice. Yeah, he knew my voice. We knew each other His voice, dude. He wasn't right. I could tell someone wasn't right. I said, Doc, I'm coming to get your ass, man. I said, I'm gonna have a rope. So two or three days. Two three days. So now, it's, it's like three, four in the morning. We're in the room, and Doctor Drew actually—he didn't live on the grounds, but he came there. He came in the room. And said, Dwight, wake up! So, yeah, see, we have Lenny Dykstra here. You have to tell him to leave, <laughs> or, or we're gonna get him arrested. He said, "You got to get him to leave, or we're gonna have to get the cops here." We're gonna arrest him. So, like, so, hold on a so hold on a I thought Doctor Drew woke up from his bed to drive over to the somebody rehab called him. The security called him. I said, "I want." Lenny would. I wouldn't leave. Security called him. Security called Doctor Drew. He came over. Then they tried to keep. Then they tried to keep me fucking there. Yeah, keep going. Oh yeah, this is a good part. So now. I'm thinking it's part of the show that Lenny's a part of this stuff and there's all cameras and stuff. But now I see it's real because the security's there and, it, and Lenny's there and there's two other big guys with black suits on. Who are those guys? True I stuff. Fuck. I'm not making this stuff. I mean, it's true stuff. So I'm like, Lenny, I'm good. He said, no, dude, I'm not leaving to you. You come out with me. Get your bags. I said, dude, you got to leave. You're going to get arrested. So I'm not leaving. So now <laughs> most people fight for people to go into rehab. <laughs> <laughs> he Lenny's the only person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But they were treating him bad. It was bad. No, they were treating him bad. They were treating him bad. So Lenny's right there. I just realized yeah, he knew what it was terrible. Say. So okay. finally, we get ready to get Lenny to leave. I don't know how we got it. I think I told myself, I'll, I'll, let me sleep on it, and then tomorrow I'll call you so I can get him to leave because the cops was coming. Yeah, yeah. give a fuck. And so the funny thing about it, when Lenny first left, Doctor Drew goes, Doc, do you think Lenny would do the next episode? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! They didn't after call me. After it's all said yeah. and done, they didn't call me. I told them to fuck themselves. It's like uh, in Kingpin. He's oh, like, great. Uh, we still got the best part coming though. Wait, wait, yeah. hold on a second. Hold on a second. So this is day three. Yep. So Lenny, so like, did you like wake up and be like, what the fuck did I just dream <laughs> of? You know, you wake up at like seven in the morning, and what, 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 what transpired after that? Well, I, mean, I went in there in the middle of the night because they less workers. Wait, why were you there? I was gonna, I was gonna sneak it take him out he had the rope and everything they threw like Larry well, it's a wall I told him oh I told Doc I'm not making wait, this up I'm not making this up listen I told Doc I'm not making this up yeah Stop. No, no, tell Stop. him. It's a true story. What fucking rope did you okay, throw so on wall? So I got my two. I got my two, two, two maniacs. These guys are crazy, man. They put the fucking army fatigues on. Who are these guys? These guys. They were just guys that I knew. Craigslist? I said, listen, man. No, no, guys that I knew. I said, listen. We got to get my man out of here. The only way to do it is got to go over the wall. We need to get the rope, throw it over. Wait. So I called Doc and I say, Doc. Listen, make sure you're at this part. Of the, oh, yeah. And then I'm going to throw the rope over. <laughs> this is like some fucking Benny Hill shit. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, let Doc finish <laughs> oh, it. Oh, my God. So, so, so he throws the rope over the thing. I mean, seriously. What thing? What, in a window? No, no, it's a, a, mic, it's a wall. wall. It's a wall because it's like. Okay. The, a real the rope. Residences, it's like in a regular neighborhood. 
Letty, what kind of shape? A badass wall. No, no, badass. No, no. It was no my commandos. I had two commandos. It was the rope where you step up it. Did you have that hook? That three-way hook? Yeah. Like the fire. Like the fire. It was a badass. But it's a rope thing. But where you put your foot on the thing. Yeah, you know how I roll. Go up. Yeah. I go big or I go home, bro. I got the best rope you can get. Letty invested in like million. No, it's true story. Because I want to break my boy out, man. True story. Hold on a second. But if he threw the rope over, how did Doctor Drew end up? In the front lobby with Lenny. No, no, no that, that was before. That, that was at the beginning. See, Lenny came back. I came back. I told him. I, on, that's when on. I told him, dude. I said, Doc, here's where you meet me, man. Here's where you meet me. Hold on a second. So he came back. So we talked after everything. Dr. Drew came, the cops, all this stuff. So Lenny left. It's like two in the morning. So now you hit a. Same night. Same night. Same night. Oh, my God. He did a room on me. You hit a tap. And so now the ropes over the wall. I'm back there. We're talking on my cell phone. And he said, yo, set. And so the same two guys, like, I think it was, they had the suits on. Now they got the army yeah. fatigue on. Yeah. Right. yeah, these guys were amazing. <laughs> like, Why did they need army these guys were, they, they were Rambo. Rambo. You're not in the jungle? Dude, no, oh, these guys crazy. were Rambo crazy. dudes, dude. Oh, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. True hold story. Hold on a second. So Lenny shows up at midnight, and everyone's like, Lenny, get the fuck out. So no, no. Of, yeah. So Lenny's probably like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, fuck you, Like, thinking it himself, like, let me get the rope. Let me get, let's go to no. Walmart or, like, the hunting no, no, store no. to get the fatigues. No, no, no. Why I went there that night? Lenny, did you have the Elmer Listen, bro. Why I went there that night is to tell Doc the plan. You see, I said, Doc. So I'm going to be here for a while until they kick me out. But listen, here's the deal. Tomorrow or tonight, late at night tonight, or it was tomorrow because it was already late. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow at a certain time, whatever it was, the rope's going over. You got to be at that spot. I got you, bro. I got you. I'm going to get you guys. So you snuck in to talk to him just to tell him when? Why didn't you just take him out that night? Well, they had security. Dr. Drew was there. No, no, I thought, wait. How many times did you scale the wall? No, no, no. Twice or one? No, no, I tried to get him to go once, but what I'm saying is I went in to tell him, hey, this is the plan. No, you know. Oh, so first you went in at midnight, and then 2 o'clock in the morning you showed no, up. No, no, two midnight till 2. I lasted. They couldn't get me out of it for two hours. They finally, <laughs> they, I said, I'm fuck you. They called the, the, they call the police. They did call the police. They call the police and everything. So I said, fuck all that. But I got the story. I got the word to Doc. Doc, meet me at that wall. Okay, tomorrow night, whatever it was. I think we set it up for late. And so I brought my fucking Rambo dudes. They got the rope. And we throw the rope over. How much is the rope? How much is the rope? I don't know. My Rambo dudes had it. But, but I, I'm like, there's no one coming up. So <laughs> remember, owed, owed that money no one's too. coming up. And it's, I got no one pulling up. I'm waiting. Where's Doc? I'm trying to yell at the Doc, you there? Doc. <laughs> oh, you were Doc. you were like getting him out like a fish hook. No, I was no. gonna. We were gonna. Wanted we me to come. I didn't. I didn't. No, oh, so Doc you, went you, there. You finished oh. the rehab. Yeah, yeah. finish it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, Doc, yeah, yeah. See, like Doc. See, but that's, see, that's why to, Doc gets the credit just because you didn't listen to Lenny. That, no, but that the, alone makes me realize. But that remember some, though. No I did it for health but, issues. But I did it for the right well, reason. He did so, it as a, as a concerned uh, friend exactly. because it was. I did have confused. I was confused with those yes. things, messages. What's and funny so, about that? What's funny about that is like you call when you go through sobriety. Obviously, everyone that goes through sobriety calls all their friends or family, and like everyone's just like, you know what? Come on, just just stick it out. Just go. Just stick it out. You know what? You need this. You need this. And Lenny, like in three seconds, I got you. Like, yeah, like yeah. any reason, like an invitation for insanity, any yeah. invitation for uh, insanity. I know, but you got to understand the way it happened. Because when we first had lunch, when it was on the bike page, I absolutely knew yeah, nothing yeah, about you it. You didn't want to do it. It's like he was there the I first him, time. I wasn't nothing right. about it. I want no part yeah. of that. I don't know anything about it. And then when I'm there talking to him, 
Because the first few days you're crazy. there, it's rough, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, it's rough. You well, know? to 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 go into like who else was there? Do you remember anybody that was there? Sizemore, I think, was there. Oh, uh, I love Tom Sizemore. Yeah, yeah. I think like, he's great. I think. He, and then the dude. That, we gotta the, get him. The, Wait, hold on. Who else was there? I know it's like Amy. The Fisher, dad. The dad. The dad yeah, of the Michael family. Lohan. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan's dad. Yeah, Michael. Amy Lohan. Fisher. What's what she addicted to? Cock. What What is she there for? <laughs> what's her? No, seriously. She what's her? Amy Fisher. Alcohol and alcohol. Specified pills. Sniffing glue. The girl from um. Uh, what they call it? Sean Young, the actress from Blade oh, Runner. Oh, yeah, Sean Dune. Young, the rock and roll oh, dude. Sean Young, that's uh, our that's Bi-Ling. our editor's friend. She's on, yeah, Byling. Byling was there. And the rock and roller was there, I think. Yeah, she got it down. We got the whole list here. Steven oh yeah, Adler, Still, that's the rock Guns and Roses. Yeah, did, you, yeah. did you talk to all these guys? Oh yeah, yeah. We was all there together. It was cool. I mean, a good yeah. bunch of guys. Yeah. Some and was there for the right reasons. Some was there for. Show who did you crib. you know let's not talk about negative because I know you're a positive guy you're not like Lenny you're not going to throw salt on anybody who did you like when you were there who did you connect with anyone while you were there oh, yeah. as one of the clients thank you Jamie. as one of the uh, other like who else did who did you think was like a real person like we think that you're rehab. real yeah, yeah. who would you say like like you know Amy Fisher or like JR yeah that was cool I mean everybody like Pretty much everybody that was was real and for the right reason. Besides Michael Lohan, I don't think he was there for the right reason. I Michael think him, Lohan was yeah, not. He was the only one that was based on an asshole. Yeah, he was yeah, an asshole. Yeah, yeah and it was one of those. Was he painted as an asshole in the show? Also, yeah, he loved it. He was. He loved that. It was just all about attention with him. He yeah. wasn't trying to get better or work on himself or anything like that. What was it, what was his addiction? Just being an asshole. Just know. being a dick to his kids, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> taking advantage cocaine, of uh, I think. Cocaine, cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny. I, I, I just think that the... the hey, I Doc, could, you never went to AIDS, so, huh? You never fucked with heroin, no? No. Yeah, no. that's the end-all drug, man. That's, that's what you That's the place okay, you Okay, it was bad went. enough. That took me places where... Yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, Don't no. make it worse. Lenny, no, no. you're the worst influence. You, you, break your saying, friends, you break your friends out of rehab. No, no, dude, I'm saying you never went there because <laughs> no. that, that's no. we have an opiate epidemic right now. Oh, that's crazy. Well, yeah. I think, I think the Doc, fact Doc never went Doc there. Doc established that he's a speed guy. I think that when he was talking about his original, you know, first run... He, it made him feel a certain way, and uh, you know, part of this. Uh, I, I've done cocaine. I mean, this is uh, it's about ins- uh, being honest. This show, and it's not like it, it's a completely different sensation. I don't know if it's the. I mean, uh, like a rail off a chest. It's crazy. Head, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's crazy. And then, like, not to like, it's people obviously lost their life doing a lot less than I've done. Yeah. But it stopped now, and hopefully, continue to be drug free at the time because now there's so much stuff you don't know what's in it. Not that it's good at any time. But now people, I mean, you're dying left and right. You don't know what's it, fentanyl or whatever. That's yeah. where you got to cook it. I mean, all this type of stuff is going on now. That's, really, that's why you got to cook it, right? <laughs> Come on, Len. Isn't the right? uh, the thing about the thing about rehab and all these stories and everything like that, the root of of it, it, it it's sad, but it is mental illness. It really is. It's yes. not um, no person who 100%. Is, who no person that's exposed. See, Doc, I, I've touched upon this. You know, I, I've been to jail. I, I've seen the inner workings of the system. And uh, our society just refuses to acknowledge the mental illness aspect because there's so much shame. Nobody can just say, listen, you know, my arm is broken. I have a cast and that's okay. But if there's a wire that's different that causes me to hurt myself, there's nobody that's really advocating this. And Jamie's nodding her head, but she's not talking. She doesn't understand. No, I completely agree. The concept of the podcast is for her to talk. (laughs) No, No, I agree. I think mental health is a disease on the society. Now, Lenny, Lenny, you're involved. Paying attention to it. Our mental health was take more shit. Yep. Take more t- Lenny, you were involved with a mental health organization for a, f- a few months ago. You told me you were oh, very right. excited about. Doc, do you do any uh, oh, charitable work with, with any mental health organizations? I do charitable work. I'm just finishing my program now, so I'm still doing aftercare on Thursday nights at uh, high focus mental. What health. do you do? What do you do with that? Well, what I do is I'm just there. 
right now I'm working on myself. Well, okay. I'm just treatment. I mean, I was group involved. stuff. I'm fucking helping motherfuckers. No, you have group stuff. Doing, you have psychiatrists. You talk about stuff that you don't want to uh, feel comfortable talking about in a group. In the group, you just talk about how you're feeling, what's going on, how you relate to different things, where you was. What were what were some of your? Yeah. Um, did, do they make you do any community service as part of what's oh, going no, on? Oh no, no, no. This this totally separate. Well, the legal stuff is still going on. That's still case is still open. But for his health, I put myself in there because I knew two years ago when my mom got ill. I knew I needed that at that time. I talked to actually Strawberry when I was at my mom's funeral. Was talking. No, I'm sorry. Let me back up. When was at the uh, 30 year anniversary? Yeah. We talked about it because at that time he's like, man, you losing a lot of weight. You're right. The first thing they saw when they saw me all the weight, it wasn't drugs. You know, I was totally depressed. And uh, like you mentioned I at the time, you. I called you. Yeah, we had talk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I looked at horrible. Everybody, first thing you say, oh, you must be on drugs. Because like you say, mostly mental health is not really accepted in society. Now there's more awareness coming out now because you got quote unquote celebrities talking about mental health and yeah. things are coming out. So they're getting more and more educated on it now. But before, even in the eighties, nineties, there was no such thing. They say, Oh man, you're crazy. Yeah. It's like normal, exactly. you're crazy. But what is crazy? Let yes, me tell please. you what's crazy. Tell what's me. crazy is tell me what's as crazy. a career in sixteen years. I'm not implying you did that. Doc Gooden won hundred and ninety four games. Only lost 112. Listen to these stats, okay? He he had complete. He had 68 complete games, okay? He had over almost almost 3,000 innings pitch, okay? I mean, these stats are all Hall of Fame stats, okay? And but he's going to probably be held back from the Hall of Fame. Well, have you ever been up for a vote? Has a I was up, but the thing is now, which they will never admit it. It's always like. Do you have the stats? Do you have oh, the stats? Stats are there. You need the stats, Lenny. The stats are there. Well, you know what's crazy? It's not even close. It's, it's really uncomfortable feeling talking about yourself. And Why? You, know, the, the, you have to. It just is. But and I don't want to like downgrade anybody that's in the Hall of Fame. But I guarantee you, there's a lot of guys that in the Hall of Fame. This might that, sound cocky or crazy, but most of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame that pitchers probably wish they had my career. Yeah, yeah. they suck good dick. No, 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 I don't. I don't disagree with this. <laughs> you know, the the thing they about did. the the thing about what Lenny and I started talking about earlier is how do the numbers get affected by the behavior. And that's what it is. And What's the threshold? Where is the where's where where do you draw this. the line? Well, we don't need to go on I just but can't let's, take it though. Let's like, talk like, about let's talk about a few facts. Um a lot of the writers for the Hall of Fame believe that the the stats are not as important as a snapshot of how dominant you were during when you played. And if you look at the stats over a career, you could have some guy that's basically like you know, never won a championship, but is very steady, has, you know, 20 years in his belt, and he's a Hall of Famer. But then you got guys like you, who from 85 to 88, oh, no, keep 89, going, 90, when, when, when did you feel... You're doing no-hitter in the Hold on a second. When did you feel... When did you... I, I remember. I actually was a fan, and I loved you as a kid. The Yankee fan? Or I, no, no. Saying he went from I was, the I, I mean, like, honestly, I didn't want to get into this, but... I like loved when you and Straw and Cecil Fielder and the Yankees started getting the resurgence and everything. And I just I don't like the Yankees anymore. And because of my gambling addiction, I pretty much don't have any fan base. Um, and I have addiction also. You know, I work on it also, and I think it's important that we talk about these things and not shy away from it because I'm an addict also. I fight with it all the time. But this is not about me. This is about you. And I want to know what year you. You're, you've been honest this whole interview. You haven't said one... I would call you out in two seconds like I call Lenny. Yeah. You haven't said a single fucking lie this whole interview. What well, year, I, I don't lie, dude. That's what a year... Call me out because I don't lie. What year... I don't want to hear the fucking truth. A bunch of pussies out there. <laughs> what year did you feel I am not a god anymore? 
And you know what I'm talking about. Well, first, on, the top, on the game, on the mound. On the mound. On the mound. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, probably, honestly. Because um, every man in, knows. In 92, I went through that when I had surgery. The first time I had surgery. Yeah. Because um, Buddy Harrison was the manager. Dope. And, and nothing against Buddy, rocks. but he pitched like, okay, normally in spring training. Like we had terrible. spring training in Florida. So in Florida, the weather is obviously nice in March, February and March. They normally don't pitch no more than, say, 80 pitches, maybe six innings. He threw the opening day. Against the Phillies at home, it was 20 degrees, raining the whole game. I pitched a complete game. Shout out. I was what was that year? I think it was 92. Did you punch me was, out that game? When Buddy was the manager? Did you punch me out? You punched yeah. me out that game. It was Doc. against the Phillies, did I? You struck me yeah. out. Doc struck me out that game. Yeah, because it was against the Phillies. You struck me um, out that game. Oh, you were playing. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. That game. So and that, and that was the game. Um, you always wonder if baseball players remember. After that do. game, I was never the same. And then it just didn't feel right. So I had a small tear in my labrum. But by the end, I get the cortisone shots, which... It takes care of the pain, but it's not taking care of the problem. I continue to pitch, and then I tore my rotator cuff. Yeah. And so I, I had surgery in September. That was the same year. Remember David Cohn punched out 20 the last day? Yeah, man. David it was that same Cohen, year. Yeah. I had the surgery. And then from an Eagle standpoint, I was trying to get back for opening day. That was my goal, get back for opening day to pitch. I did that, but I was never the same after that. Yeah. I lost my curveball. So 92, you, so you felt 92, I felt ball. that. I still was okay because I pitched a no-hitter in 96, but right. I felt from a consistent standpoint and dominating, 92, that's when it started to fail. I was never the same really after that. I actually I actually never really liked you as a player. I just loved the comeback story. Yep. I loved when you came back to the Yankees because I've always – that's why I did this show. The show was about second, third, fourth, fifth chances, people telling their stories, and mm-hmm. I loved – the drama of how far you fell in 95 and how that whole team, like it was right after the strike and they couldn't do it. And it was just like a bunch of veterans put together and it was perfect. It was really like Lenny talks about second chapter. That was the second chapter of your career. But in general, to go back to the hall of fame, I would have to say 85, right? 85 to 92. That's 84. a seven. 84. 84. 84. That's an eight year. Yeah. That's an eight, right, Jamie? Yeah. Eight year span where you completely dominated the fucking game. Well, and you're again, not. Yeah. How many? How many votes did you get? What percentage on the Hall of Fame? I'm not sure, but a lot of things. What happened was like, off. And even talking to some sports writers, they say because of off the field stuff, which shouldn't have nothing to do with right. either. And plus, I did things to deteriorate my my career, such as. Like drugs, drugs well, and alcohol. I mean, what I'm saying is, well, that's off the field. It's, it's no, you know. it's off the field. That's what I'm saying. For his off the field stuff, which should not have anything to do with on the field, right? Because it was a disease. Like, say, for instance, uh, and again, I'm not trying to point. Someone that beats their wife, that's okay. Someone beat the wife is okay. Yeah, I someone does amphetamines, that's okay. That's but okay. you, yeah. you got, you got high. You changed your mental disease. state. I have yeah, disease. disease. I mean, I'm not justifying no, it at no, all. No, no, no. I, I, I understand take responsibility. what you're saying. So I did things that. But come on, all you did was career. get high. It's you. So we're so so talking enough about you. But, but I guess what I'm trying right to now, I guess today. what I'm trying to say is this stuff off the field really affected took, you. For on the field, it took away from on the field. What's funny? Well, it's not funny, but your statistics. I took a look at it. Um, you're right on that cusp. You know, I have to say, if you did two more solid seasons, that would have been very difficult to reject at those stats. And ironically enough, that's the 95 and some of the time missed. Yeah. And, and then what's going to happen is, um, say now the way the game has changed so much, yep. the way the numbers are, and then like pitches that are going to go into Hall of Fame, say 10 years from now, you look at their numbers, it's not going to be no comparison. Like 85, I had 16 complete games. That would never happen again. The way the game is now, if a guy goes two or three complete games, it's big time. Yeah. Because but, of the longevity of the career. Right. So in 10 years well, now, the guys. specialists. They have a guy coming in. So what are you going to base guys on? When you put starting pitches into the Hall of Fame, what are you going to base it on? Right. It's it's just, it's, it's a crying shame uh, with stories like that because 
baseball is one of the largest hypocrisies in sports because they have the highest, like Lenny always talks about, uh, with baseball having such a, like their nose up in the air. And when it comes down to making a realistic. Uh, yeah, when baseball yeah. wants to turn the volume up, like they needed home runs when, all the, when, when they cut steroids out. How do you shatter the home run record, okay, with no drugs? I mean, there were no steroids involved yet. Two years ago, last year, and, and, and again the year before, they shattered the home. Remember, there was more home runs hit. How'd they do it? They took the baseball, Major League Baseball. Juiced it, right? That was a juice ball. They took the baseball, and they took the seams down. Because remember, the seams, when the seams are up, the ball had a harder time, obviously, traveling through the air because of the, 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 the resistance. You know, just like right. when you're on an airplane, they put the flaps down. So when they have no seams on a ball, it's like a rocket. It's like a, a Super Bowl. So you had more guys hitting home runs. That, so they shattered the home run record because Major League Baseball wanted them to shatter it. You see? You see what I'm saying? Meaning they, they created that by, by, by making the baseball harder and fly farther. That's all. Okay? Yeah. Just Doc, like, they, just like me, they were okay with steroids. And if I you don't want to answer this, fire. you don't have to answer. You ever do steroids? No. I believe that. I, I believe that. What about, uh, I know that you were very close with your... I know I'm not trying to I know you were very close with your cousin Gary Sheffield who was one of the poster boys at yeah, the nephew, time. Nephew. Now, yeah, I mean yeah, he's, a, he's your nephew and everything like that. What is your thoughts on how that era of baseball players and how they're being judged? And what is your opinion because we heard your opinion about yourself right. and that's a that's one side of it. What is your opinion about those guys who didn't have too many off the field incidences? Right. Also I think like for me like like I guess the main thing, like a big topic now, they talk about Bonds and Clemens and those guys. I think guys just there was, I don't see no problem why they shouldn't be in. That's just my opinion. Yeah, so the, I'm I mean, asking I'm opinion. sure even in the 70s, when you had the Phenomenes, you had the Red Juice, all that stuff, guys were doing something. But, you know, they didn't get caught. A lot of guys didn't get caught. A lot of guys were rumored. You, know, you ever see uh, you ever so seen North Dallas Forty? Yeah, great movie. Remember when they had all the needles lined up and stuff like that? Yeah, Matt I mean, Davis, man. That's, so, that's about. That's about... Right, it was a common culture. Right? You still got to put the numbers up, no matter what. You still got to play. You still got to play. You still got to hit. No matter what, you still got to do it. So okay. you're you're saying that you feel that these players are not being judged correctly. Right. Well, no, no. There's not that. Ju- mean, there's no threshold. There's 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 no. What do you base it on? You just kind of like he was bad enough. What 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 makes someone bad enough not to go in the Hall of Fame? What do you think, Doc? They I don't agree. know. They don't know. I don't know. They don't know. I, Neither I, do they. I just feel like there's nothing against a lot of writers. Some of the writers are good guys. A lot of them are bad guys, but I just think they give them too much power to make these. You can't of get a little bit pregnant. But don't Either, you, if you if you take drugs, no matter what it is, whether it's steroids and fed anything that enhances your performance, that's why would that be different than a different kind of drug? But don't you think that the 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 significance of the Hall of Fame is because they say no so much that it doesn't matter why they say no. Say it could be no. the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame doesn't allow so many players that, you know, uh, the I think, perspective. I think they pick and choose who they really want. It's all political. I mean, you so think about it, you believe that it's political, is, Nothing against the guys who are in there, but to me, I mean, it's a museum. The Hall of Fame is a museum. That's it's really political. what it is. A museum and, of the game, right? Right. And, and they pick and choose who they really Certain guys. I mean, certain guys. I'm sure you looked that away. What What's the financial from a from a player's perspective? You know, we talk about. We all know about. If you do well, you get a big contract. That's all public. You know, endorsements. But from a second, third chapter of your career, when you're talking about a 40, 50, 60 year old baseball player, where does the significance of making the hall come in? Do you make more money from your cards? Do you, are your endorsement appearances? Are you tell me where the financial? I think that plays a part because as a uh, extra inscription. 
what I mean by that is like instead of just saying you know, World Series champion or so young pitcher, you know, you got HOF on there. Yeah. That's a big stamp or just a title. I mean, not just a title, but it's a title. Yeah, you Hall know, of Famer Doc you Gooden. Mark, you got your plaque in there forever where your great grands and your grandkids, they can always go see that. Do you, does that, that, does that bother you? You're not in the Hall of Fame? Tell me the truth. It doesn't bother me. And that's not as true. And Do you want to be in the Hall? I would like to be in the Hall, uh, but it's not a life. life he deserves thing. to be in the Hall of Fame. The thing about it, like, like I was saying earlier, the, the numbers. numbers are there. But you know what's funny? I'm glad you brought that up because when I went to prison in 1980, what was it? Uh, 2006. At that time, I still, every time the Hall of Fame induction come up, I would get sad, I would get depressed, whatever, thinking, man, I should have won it, I should have won it, based on what people said. But when I was in prison, I got to look back at my whole life. Because all you got how, is much time. Time you, how much time did you do? Ten and a half months. Ten and a half and months. And all you got is time. County or state? State. You went down to state? I went to state, in yeah. In Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. And you got nothing but time. You got nothing but time. And I reflect my whole life, and I say, you know what? When I was a kid, what was my dream? Play Major League Baseball. What was my goals? I didn't have any. I just said, I want to stay healthy and play a long time. That's what I did. I didn't think about no Cy Youngs, no Rick of the Year. Money, no. All the Hall of Fame, money, none of that. So I got to live my dream. I got to win just about every award a pitcher could win. I got to win three World Series. In New York. In New York, both teams. So who am I? Right? Yeah, so who am I to say, wow, man, I, I'm pissed, so I'm down because I didn't become. That was my goal anyway. Right. Well, I got to do a lot of things to accomplish that I didn't even set myself out to that's do. That's how I look at it, man. And that's oh, how I had to look man. at it. And that got me over that, you know, worrying about. And basically, the Hall of Fame, was it became what the writers wanted. Because my first year in the major leagues, I didn't think about that. I just happened to be on the team, playing against all my idols, playing on the big league field, traveling, getting to do things for my family that I wouldn't have been able to do if it wasn't for baseball. That's yeah. all that really matters. I mean, if you bring it full circle, here's the deal. <laughs> he was a great teammate. He's still a great friend. He was a great player, okay? And right now, today, today, he's not doing drugs, okay? And he's, he's, his mind is clear. He's healthy. And what else can you, like, ask I, for? You know what it is? I don't understand why the government, when you get into a, a legal issue like this, they don't take a step back and say, wow, we just have the, the a great motivational speaker. Why don't they utilize this situation you're in for the better of other people in order for you to go and speak to other people? And instead of punishing you, your punishment should be to make things better. Not the teams just, use them, though. You know? well, teams, teams use them. Yeah, teams, teams, teams do it. Starting do it. with Bert um, Brodsky all the way no, 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 today. No, no, no. Teams team no. do it. But I, I do it myself even before. No, but the Yankees and Mets both have him back to appear. Yeah, I do stuff for Mets and Yankees. And then even That's before a call. I, don't I got in it. trouble, and then <laughs> even now I still do it. Like I go to. I speak at rehabs. I speak at schools. I speak. I do all that stuff. And it's good for me as well. So these are things I will continue doing no matter what happens and something I have to do. And I get what you're saying, but because it's the boredom, right? Talk the boredom. The boredom. Yeah, the, the boredom, boredom is what what leads you to. What well, what do you what do you do for fun? What do you? Um... My fun stuff now is like I have six grandkids, so spending time with them, going to Maryland, see my son games, spending time with Angel. Cool. Those are fun things for me. Yeah, that's man, nice. he's living life. life. Like before, so, before we go in and uh, but, wrap this up, like uh, just I mean, tell me what. what I mean, uh, those are fun things. So getting back into things like I like watching the game. I enjoy watching baseball. I watch football. I spend time with my kids. That's the thing I do: bowling with the family, and also you know going to meetings, and then put a smile on a stranger's face. If yeah. You know what I mean. I I um I know that this podcast is a little about asking some of the questions people don't ask. I just have to ask: What was prison like? Horrible. I mean, in prison. It was number one. Did you have a job? It was bad. No, I was actually in rehab in prison. But the thing about prison, when I was there, it's bad no matter what. And the thing is, going in at 40 made it even worse. Going in at 40. Young boys. And then I went in from something where I was being honest, telling myself, I got time. What I mean by that is, I just finished treatment. 
I got out of relapse. And so I called the center down in Tampa, said, you know, I've had a relapse, I'm coming back there. I want to come back. I said, okay, come back. And then I don't know the law, so I called my probation officer, which I didn't have to, said, hey, look, I'm going back to treatment. I said, why are you going to treatment? I said, I had a relapse. I said, well, come see me first. I said, okay. So I came there, they said, we need urine. I said, well, it's going to be dirty because I relapsed. I said, we need it. Gave him the urine, said, pretend it's on your back, you're on the rest. Really? And then That's what it? got worse was I had an attorney that they said, it's just not a, like I don't know the law, so they said, it's not a big case. You'll probably get more probation. I was on probation at the time. Yeah. So the judge offered five years probation. I was already on three years. Said, we'll give you five years probation, or you can take a year in a day. The attorney that I have said, take the year in a day, you'll go to treatment, not prison. I don't know the law, so I said, okay, I'll take the year in a day. Later that night, the guy come by, he goes, why did you take a year in a day? When you have probation. When you have probation. I said, well, I'm going to treatment. He said, no, you're not going to probation. I got you down here in the morning. You're going to prison. And that was it? And that was it. Oh, and there was that. no going back? Nope. And, I mean, I'm sure you got some so, program there just so, as a... So going there on the, those Dude, circumstances at 40, it was just a horrible time. That sucks. Wow. I, I don't know. Why did you even have to do that much time? You know, that, that, well, that just another me. problem with the system in right. America. But what, what, no, yeah. but what drives me crazy is I could totally see you being honest because I could see you having a lifetime of honesty has worked out for you. You know, like you fuck up, you're honest, you, know, you move on with it. Yeah. I'm like this nuts. But my honesty, <laughs> my honesty, people everything. don't want to hear my honesty because my honesty is right in your fucking face. Well, I mean, it, I'm it, too honest. Okay, uh, they don't want to hear. The hold on a second. Truth. So you're back. Just one second. So you're back into. So you're, you're thrown <laughs> into. You're thrown. Were you in Pensacola? Where were you? I was in Gainesville, in Florida. Gainesville. I was living, Gainesville. I was living Gainesville. in Tampa at the time. I was from the Gainesville. The, yeah, Rachel. University of Florida, right? Yeah, That's right down Gainesville. there. <laughs> and but, uh, no, but I got a comment, you were in, is Dan, because you look at me like 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 Lenny. He doesn't do the truth. No, I tell. I'm too honest. I'm too fucking honest. Like. Meaning well, like, life is being, a balance. You need one, no, you need the other. You need white, honest, you need black. You need good, bad. On their shit, they don't like me. Lenny, they, not they everybody touch. wants to be punched in the face but every single time they have a conversation with you. You know, you're a fucking intense guy, Lenny. I don't Lenny. fucking lie, though. I'm not going to cover something up for somebody. He doesn't lie. He just doesn't truth. say everything. But I do. Okay? <laughs> and that's just how I fucking roll, and I still do. I don't give a fuck. And Mr. P, Mr. Darling, Ron Darling, he ain't going to be Mr. Darling very long. Well, okay? He's going to be... He's going to be fucking, hey, you fuck with nails, you get the hammer. Okay? There it is. There it is, yeah. He so, the wrong motherfucker. That's what he did. I just want to, um, let me see what time it is. It's it's 2.15. I, I just wanted to. It's been enlightening, man. It's been very, very enlightening. I think Thank Lenny you had. for having me. My pleasure. No, and it's been it's been a very, very, very good episode. Um, it's I love hearing a voice of a person that's on a road to recovery. Now, I, it's a humility I, too, man. Yeah, it's humility. It's just it's very, very nice. It's very, very nice to hear this type of thing. As we touched upon, we all have our demons. We all have our, you know, vices. We all have our problems. But what makes us men is the fact that every day we try to make it better. We try to make it better. And the days that we don't make it better is the days that we should not be here. So with uh, with that, I just want to say thank you so much for our uh, future Hall of Famer. Doc yeah. Gooden. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. You guys do a great uh, job. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's it's been very, very nice. Uh, thank you so much for our very talented producer, Jamie, and our uh, fill-in audio engineer, Nate. Uh, Nat or Nate? Nathaniel. And who would have thought, thought in 1983, me and Doc go back. That's, That's right. You know, you, you'll, you know what? You're, you're going to make the Podcasters Hall of Fame, Lenny. Exactly. I love gonna, that. It's, it's yes. gonna be, this is a good show, though. Like I say, tell us what people want to hear. That's all we want to hear. That's all we want to hear. All we want to do is hear yeah. your side of the story. And people will actually hear great. your side of the story. That is 26 years. 20, no, no, no. no 20, 36 30, years. 36 years. I'm born in 82. 36 fucking years. 36 fucking years. Yeah, and everyone only knows what they hear. They never heard 
some of these stories. And we definitely would love to have you back on the sure. show. Um, come back anytime. We want to we want to make sure that it goes uh, everything goes okay. But it sounds like you're definitely on the road to recovery and. Uh, just, we're all very, very proud yes, of you. Yes, sir. Yes, and, so uh, proud. Lenny, you're you. on the road to... Um, he's got... How the many? perfect dick pill. Wait, no. <laughs> I mean, remember oh, last remember year? Yeah, that's right. That's all he's trying to do. Yeah. It's the perfect yeah, dick pill. Five, you wanted to yeah, make five, things better? Five months sober, right? Yeah, five months. I got five seconds. Five seconds. That's that's, that's Lenny's thing. I'm all, all right, way. everybody. Thank you so much. Our show is brought to you by Perfect Pawn, as always. And thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Awesome. All right, guys, we're going to do a quick wrap-up of everything we talked about with Doc. Some interesting stuff, man. I fucking, I had no idea that you actually tried to break him out of rehab. Everybody else tries to put their friends into rehab. The the bottom line, Doc played it back a little bit. Doc was scared, and he told me, you got to get me out of here. I mean, I'd love to see security footage of that. I know. Yeah. Can you imagine? What I mean. I'd love to see that. Do you think if we could fast forward to the security vid- video and play some Benny Hill music in the background? They basically like physically got me out of there. Yeah, where did you get the rope from? I told you, my two Rambo guys. Yeah, but like, where did you find them? Where did you find them? How are uh, you so that's resourceful? A that's a different area. We don't want to get in that area. Lenny's uh, involved. Were they Israeli commandos? These guys are crazy, dude. I'm talking about the fatigues. Uh, Why did they need to wear fatigues in the middle of Los just, Angeles? They're nuts, dude. I mean, they but live, what did, they what live in they, the woods out there, though. The the rehab facilities no, in no, the woods? No, they live in the woods, these guys. Where did you find Remember, them? L.A. is not like all houses. They have woods. There is? Yeah, where did I find them? I mean, I found them in, I found them in places you don't want to know about. You, know? you find, find dark places. Yeah. So, uh, sometimes I go you know, and I hang out at that intersection. You know, them two streets. Heaven, heaven and hell? Yeah, I hang out yeah, there a lot. Talking fact, about that. Sometimes I meet so you found, night. So you, know, you Jamie, found... You ever been there, Jamie? These guys are, so these guys are like off the grid. Jamie, have you ever been to that intersection? Heaven, heaven and, hell, and hell? Them two streets? Yes. No, Jamie, you haven't. do you think that there's a whole business of people that like kidnap people and bring them into rehab? You're... You're here yeah, about this? Absolutely. Well, I just think I just think that you should start a company where you break people out of rehab. <laughs> where he like you're, you're no, fascinated like, by the story. Well, yeah. Of co- well, of co- first off, it's one of the stories I haven't heard. I it's heard a lot so of the great, stories. Dude. Second of all, the reason why I love it so much. I was serious. So, though. Well, of course, it's so like. Did you bring your laptop? Were you, no, did I didn't know. You think computer. you brought your laptop right I didn't know how to use a computer until 2007. Email, but it sent to Dr. Drew. No, no, until 2007 when, when all my money got. And then you were like, oh my God, this thing, this internet thing is amazing. Well, someone told me, you know, like you have to do that. And so I did it and I just kept grinding and grinding. Like, like, I don't know a lot about too much, but the things I know about, I know a lot about. Were you ever contacted by Dr. Drew to do the yes. rehab thing? Yes. I think I have a really good idea. Why don't we get Lenny to be a plant at the Dr. Drew only so he could work from the inside to, to get people to escape? Yeah, so that's, the show's closed. Oh, they're done? Yeah, it's done. Um, but Dr. Drew, he wouldn't do it anyway because I told him to go fuck himself. Oh, he asked you. He actually did ask you. Of course. Oh, I thought that he was just they like They tried to commit him. me that night. <laughs> they said, you That's fucking need it. You need to be in here. Yeah, of course. Well, everybody needs to be in here. You know, it's, it's like a cult, right? When, so, when anyway, you tell the cult that they're crazy. But the reason I went there was to tell Doc, look at tomorrow. But this you had time. nothing better to do with no, your no, time don't, dude, than to orchestrate Doc, this? Doc played it down, dude. Doc did you see scared. any of the other celebs when you were there? Yeah, I saw them, but I'm not a celeb guy. I didn't give a fuck. Meaning, what I'm trying to say is, Doc played it down, dude. Doc, when you're there, first, second, third day, and they're taking all your rights away, he was like a broken man. He said, You gotta help me. 
That's mean, crazy. I didn't just do that. Like, but exactly. and this was L.A. and you were living in L.A. at the time, so yeah, it was yeah. easy for you to get down there, right? I do what I say, man. It's my teammate. So right. I went in there, and the first night was to visit him. Okay, all the guys are. But then I wouldn't leave, and then it got ugly. But I told him, "Listen's off tomorrow is the time we're breaking you out." But he he pussied out. He, he pussied out. It. Yeah. What he? But that, but that's. But that's I don't know like, if he pussied out. I mean, but like, that's why. That's why I was like trying to movies, tell you. you know? Well, that's why I was trying to tell you. Like, I mean, it does just, show you a nice side. Of I know. LD, you that's know, the thing. his friendship. It's the brotherly. Whole, the it's whole brotherly. Thing, with the whole man. thing is great. We got it. We got to make some sort of like an episode, like a pawning. Totally. We, we need to make a pawning nails cartoon. Yeah. No. 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 You know, like phones. Sometimes when they tell stories, and then there's like friendship. How much would it cost to make a? Maybe Nathaniel knows. He's pretty creative. What do you think it'll cost to make like? Daniel, you've been good, man. Three to five minute. Three to five minute like cartoon of like Lenny and Daryl Strawberry. Well, no. like, Doc cartoon. No, I mean, Doc Gooding. If you showed us in the shower, that'd be a great cartoon. He doesn't know anything. You know that dude? If you showed me and Daryl Strawberry in the shower, that'd be a great cartoon. <laughs> that'd be fucking frightening. This guy's hung like a swamp mule, dude. Swamp mule. That's I mean, right. I'm talking about like it's Jamie, like Soul Pole. Soul Pole. And, no, I put in my book. I said, my man Straw, a.k.a. Soul Pole. Why do you think on this show, I, I feel like like 15% of this show is spent talking about Daryl's penis. Damn, no, it's the first time I brought it up today. No, we talk about Soul Pole. Because how many, guys get their, how many guys get their fucking cock taped to their leg to play? That didn't happen. There's no possible Dude, way. Dude, how do you run? What you can't you... put it in a cup. Where's it going to go? <laughs> well, what if Maybe you do... he had like a specially made cup. You want to see or a picture? What if, what if, you ever Just see like Greek internet. spinach pie? You ever see like a pinwheel Just spinach pie? Maybe internet. they like curl up together and like put a rubber really? band in there like tie-dye. Really? You ever make tie-dye? There you go. You want to see, see, see? I mean, look, in the picture alone in his uniform, you can see the weapon going down the leg. Do you think? Do you think that I've, if I have no interest in looking at Daryl? No, but I'm just saying, right dude, now, like, when I'm I would telling be a you, bad you say how they the tape it to his leg. How can he run? Well, what? What did you find out about it? Because you were a part of it. Do they I'm need your shower help? with the guy every day? What did you help him take the tape off his penis? No, I don't know. I mean, no, that was <laughs> like I mean, somebody I has to like. Him. I asked him why, do you, why they do it. They said, do you think he's just like, oh, my back hurts. I no, can't no, bend down to no, my calf. No, no, dude. <laughs> I need somebody to like unstrap it. No, no, but and I Lenny, asked of him. course, he's like, that's my teammate. No, Look, I, I got it. I don't touch do you think fucking dick. Daryl Strawberry's talking about your penis. I'm not talking. I didn't say no, touch his dick. I, I said take the no, tape my, off his I, dick. My mine is normal. Like it's not a monster. Like I tell my chicks, it's not a monster, but you'll be like. What the fuck? See, this is an interesting question. Because, okay, like, let me ask. Let me ask PC, Lenny an honest question. Okay, my... I know you really don't like homosexuality. That's not something. It's not that I don't like it. I don't judge you it. You don't judge it. You don't get it. I just you don't know that it. for someone to put a dick in my okay, ass fine, to fine, kill fine. me. But you're, you're, you're dead. You dead. love your teammates, right? And you you would do anything for them. Let's well, no say, ass here. Don't go nowhere near the ass. I do not. No one's talking about an asshole. Okay. Let's say. I don't that, know why I brought that up. Let's say that. You know, during something, you you guys were playing in Arizona. There were, there was no team in Arizona, but let's say you're playing somewhere, and you know, Daryl Strawberry gets bit by a rattlesnake at the tip of his dick, and you have to like suck the poison out, <laughs> or he's no, dead. No, no, what I do is I no, do, no. I mean, like this is your no. I call nine nine one one, dude. It's called no, no. You're in the There's desert. No you have no like, chance. Like There's no time. Charlie, There's like no time. You got either you're like either Charlie, you're gonna let like, this man like die. Like when Charlie Sheen's fiance said, "I just committed, I committed suicide. I'm dying. You gotta save me." I said, no, no, there's a number you call, 911. Did she die? No, why she die? you know why she didn't die? Because I made a decision at this time. Okay, it's all, it's all in the papers. You can see it. What? And I made a decision, and I said, I can't, like, drive away. I have to drive over there. And so when I get there, she... Is that the jewelry that was stolen? Yes, that's the from... fiancé, Brett Rossi. Were you arrested for that? What the fuck are you talking I'm about? I'm asking Was you. I arrested with that? I mean, 
That was stolen. I mean, I gave, she, she got, I, she just paid three hundred fucking thousand dollars for that. Lenny, every I don't know what fucking happened. cent arrested for that. What happened with that? I also, wasn't arrested for saving her life. So, so in fact, I'll show you the email when uh, she I finally. Think we, I think we touched on a nerve here. Well, Honestly, I'd rather see Rambo her. guys in his address book. I have to see so, the so, so no, I have to. What do they know? But as? let's finish this, so because because I have to make a decision, and I say I can't. Like if she dies, and I, I know she called me. Like, I, I is this Charlie Sheen's wife or girlfriend? Fiance. Fiance. Her last name was Scott Teen Sheen. Charlie made her change her name. Okay, so when remember, so when he kicked her out, everyone deserted her because they're afraid if they saw like one of his friends, he would stop paying them money. So except me, okay, I get there and she's fucked up. Okay, she's taking a lot of pills, but it's planned. So then she said, I gotta go to the bathroom. So it hits me. She's gonna go in there and just swallow a handful. And where when I walk in the bathroom, whole handfuls going down. I tackle her, and she's out, dude. I hurry and pick up as many as I can. I put in my pocket, but. <laughs> but, but no, on a serious seriously. note, she's out. Lenny doesn't so I'm abuse shake, So I'm shaking her, dude. I'm shaking her. I pick her up like a piece of furniture. I put her in my car. I'm on probation at the time. I'm flying down the 405 to Cedars. Okay, you sold her for eight hundred dollars. I'm, I'm, I'm so no, no, dude. I'm flying down. And she, dude, but she's she's coming in and out. It's like Pulp Fiction. I'm pushing. Don't die on me, bitch. Do you have the needle? Do you have the? No, the I'm just pushing. I'm pushing. I get to the emergency room. I run up there. I go and pick her up like a piece of furniture, plaster right down in front, and drive the fuck out. <laughs> you left her at the emergency room. Drove well, you know, that, that, that's actually that's I actually um, not saved, a crime. I saved her life. Yeah. In fact, there's like fact, some law got, behind she that. She finally sent me. Need to, you know, porno stars. They're they're very selfish. Okay. I she feel like they're not. I feel like they give a lot of uh, service and stuff. Thanking me for saving her life, dude. She sent you a letter. Do you have it? Can you? Yeah, can you pull it up? It. Uh, That's it, great. That's. I cool. saved the porno star. So all them guys that watch porno, which I don't, they still get to see her in action. Okay. Um, do you watch porno, Daniel? Yeah, sure. You do, Nathaniel. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Wow, you guys know yeah. I don't watch porno. It's research only, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> oh, okay. that's right. That is all about the lighting and the camera angles. Yeah, yeah the camera. Um, no, I just, I just LB? like, I just don't want to see some guy's dick going like. I but mean, there's stuff just, you can watch that doesn't involve. I just, this is so gross. I'm just very, so you don't even watch unit. any porn. Never in my life. I find really? that very hard. Never. Yeah, you in my showered life. with Dale Strawberry every day, and you that's not, dude. That's that's called humiliation. That's not porn, dude. Humiliation because of uh, your Man, penis size compared to his penis dude, size. Dude, are you right? kidding me, dude? Do you ever get humiliated? Let me ask you a question. You know that he is a different human than you. What about when you Were see... Were you like ever a... asked to do porn? No, no. Have you no. ever... Do When you see an elephant, do you get, like, humiliated also, even though it's a completely different animal? No, no. Like, I don't even look at this. But you wanted the just question. Curious. I just curious. Let me give you the answer to... Let me give you oh, the, the porn proof. star? No, no. The life-saving. You know, this is my favorite part. I think Because I always do what I fucking like, say, dude. The commentary is so much better when the guests... Because I always do what I fucking say. When I told you that I saved this bitch's life, and she was a stone-cold bitch, the most selfish bitch on the planet, okay? Do you think, is she still doing porn right now? Well, because I let her. Did I cut you, her off uh, for a while. Did you feel? No, no. Her? So the guy that runs the porno industry in California, it's what's, in Woodland Hills. What's his name? His name is Big Jerry. Big Jerry. Yeah. Is he really short? Is that no, why his name no, is? No, he's, he's got tickets behind Dodgers. He's a huge fan of mine. He actually tried to get me to go on the set of one. I said, like, the set? What do you mean? To watch? He's, I said, what time would that be? He said, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, what? He said, because the guys lose the wood. They lose their wood. I mean, it doesn't get as hard the later it goes. 
But obviously, I didn't go because, like, what do I say? Obviously, well, you've never watched a porn. It was like, so you what do you say? Like, one. ready, set, fuck. Ready, I mean, set, fuck. I don't know. I, I kind of. But he weird. gave me some dick. Lenny, what do you think about getting? What do you think? You love the. What do you think about getting a porn star or somebody like that on the show? We are, in fact, what I want to do is I do some work. I help a gentleman's club. It's called it's the most most exclusive gentleman's club in in New York. It's called. Um, well, I, I don't know if I say the name, but we'll we'll get to the name. But I What's club. it called? We all want to know. Um, it's called, it's called Vivid. Okay, Vivid. It's, called Vivid. it's a high okay, end. Okay, he said it. Okay, it's he a said high it. end gentleman's club. He and said so, it. He didn't want to say remember, it. but he said it. I've never paid a girl. I've never paid for a hooker. Never went to a strip club. Never gave them a dollar. So when I they they had me there to deal with their VIPs. Okay, because they milk these guys and they all want to like say hi and shake. They're getting drunk and they keep them in the rooms. So when I walk in there, the strippers all look at me like. There's that motherfucker. They can't stand me because I'm not giving them any money. Yeah, see? yeah, yeah. See, see, they're all about the money, see? So when I go there, I'm the only guy that knows the general manager, the owner. I'm over for a million in strip clubs. <laughs> but but I've never, that's because I've never, never tried to get a hit. never tried to get a hit. All right. We had Doc Gooden. It was an amazing, amazing thing. Wish amazing him guest. all the best in well, the future. Well, wait, I before we even sign I off, do. before we even sign off, I, I think that, Jamie, one thing that I recognized, and I, I, I need to speak to a, uh, a so, human for a second okay. <laughs> before I, I kill myself. Um, but you asked I, for it, right? The root of the issue with Doc is it's mental health. I mean, it's really, really sad. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Uh, and nah. he, you don't it think, is. You, Lenny says, nah. What do you think? So let me read you. Lenny's like, Let me nah. finish this off. Dear Lenny, I read the article. The I wanted to. No, you asked for it because I don't want no one thinking I'm lying. Can I unask for it now? No, no. I wanted to say thank. I wanted <laughs> no, no. to say thank you. Listen, thank you for helping me I, in the past when I was at a really low point, and thank you for saving my life when I felt like there was no life to save. I'm sorry I didn't thank you at the time. I was in the midst of a nervous breakdown, so I was very unaware of how my actions affected others. I also want to thank you for being the one person in the inner circle who actually believed me, even when those who witnessed what he'd done to me, both physically and mentally, would turn a blind eye. Sincerely, Scott Jean. Wow. And look, she wrote, P.S., Read it. It's a I heard really... Cutter is due for another baby. Congrats. Oh, yeah. For all of you that don't know, Cutter is his son. He's married to Jamie Lynn uh, Sig- Dykstra. No, no. Did no, she change her name? No, uh, she didn't. Jamie Lynn Sigler, yeah, for yeah. The Sopranos. So yeah, Cutter, great, great, great. Cutter, woman. Cutter has great. two little boys, right? Is that yep. what it is? Yeah, yep. it's so funny. You had two boys. I have two boys. Cutter has two boys. Yeah, it's he's kind of mad at me though because I said like he named his second grandson Jack. I said, what the fuck is that? Jackson or Jack? Jack. Jack. You're not gonna name your kid Jack, are you? What was the first? Time? I love that name. Why? Because like, if, what if his middle name is off? I mean, I doubt it is. No, I mean, but no, the first one. What's the first one? Oh, oh, oh his name's Bo. Bo. Like B-E-U-A? B-E-A-U. Like Beauregard? Like a Beauregard? That's a real baseball name. Bo. That's a real, like, Vanderbilt No, he is a baseball guy. That's like a, that's like, Bo looks like a guy that, you know, like I said, the Vanderbilt lacrosse team that got a little too handsy with the new freshman girl. We brought in Bo. No, Jamie's got MS. Okay. So my son, he's, what a father, what a husband. I mean, she's in real pain and sad. Yeah. I mean, like, so marijuana, they, you can't keep taking meds. So they treat her with medical marijuana, and there's no cure for it, and she will be bedridden soon. And, and I have to give my son credit because he is, I'm so proud of him for what he's done. He takes care of her. She is physically. For better or worse, sickness and, and Right. And right. Yeah. 
And, and by the way, I mean, so it's right there in the on the set. Works. She didn't come out for very very long. She waited on the set of Sopranos. So she lived with this and didn't come out until Cutter kind of had her go out. Now she's a big spokesman for Biogen, but there's no cure for it. And uh, proud of my did son. You know, did well, you... my other son is a stripper, male stripper. Right now he is, right? But he played minor league baseball. Yeah, How old is he? He's 23. You don't think he gave up a little too young? Well, no, baseball? no. It's not about that. He didn't put the time in. What's his stripper name? Uh, I don't know, but he's, he's, <laughs> Lenny he's, he's a stud. No, he's <laughs> I'm a stud. Lenny Dykes. Because I said to him, like, what are you saying? So what's, what's his up first now? name again? His name's Luke. Look at him. Luke Dykstra. He's 6'1". Got a hammer on him, too, by the way. Does he tell yeah. everyone he's a male stripper? Or this is like... No, no. Him? He's like, a, you know, them cl- clubs. Are you just broken news? Yeah. No, well, I, I, I told him that. I said, that's great, son. <laughs> um, I was proud of him. So baseball, why didn't why didn't your sons work out in baseball? No, what no, happened? because they grew up... Did they both with... play in the minors? Yes. They both were drafted high. But here's the deal. When they got of age, I told them, you're not playing baseball. You're playing golf. We live on a country club. Because I wanted them to come to baseball, not me make them to baseball. So they went to baseball on their own. But then when they went to play, they didn't put the time in. Because you know why? They weren't fighting for a bed like I was. They weren't living in a, in a jungle. They lived a privileged life. So if you don't work and put the time in, Burt it's going to end bad. It's going to end bad. And then bad. How funny was the uh, Burt Brodsky part where, like, you and I both know he owned that fucking house. Yeah, that, that's like everyone. That's like an 800. That's like an 800. Yeah, because he said West, uh, what was it? Westport? Oh, Port Washington. Port Washington. Port Washington. And the best part is it was probably like 1980 whatever. And that it was probably like a $400 a month. But he's like, yeah, it's going to be. No, 20, he had all the mess. It's going to be 2500 so You know, it's going to be $2,500 a month. He's still but you know what? I'm going to give you. I'll, I'll make. I'll. I'll do you a favor. I'm yeah, no, no, he had all like all the mess of his properties. Here. It was yeah, so funny. That is funny. But uh, who's that email sent today to? This email. What's today? The tenth. Barbrotsky. I know you're still friends with him. Isn't still it? cutting me up. He's still cutting me up. We were talking about. Uh, I know I didn't want to say anything like that. It's like, oh, look at that. Thirty-five years of just uh, man at my wedding. He's still charging me seventy-five hundred for a loan. But that's why you gotta love him. Right? Um. So, yeah, to wrap this up, thank you so much. Uh, Great show today. Lenny. It was awesome. Thank you for everything. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Thank you so much for listening. Pawning Nails. We're out.